There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm fucking sick, I'm fucking hurt, and I don't want to do it anymore. August 13th, 2005, I left professional wrestling. August 20th, 2021, I'm back. Nobody wants you here, they never wanted you here. That whole locker room's afraid to say it, not me. I will be defending all elite wrestling from you. I'm hurt, I'm old, I'm fucking tired, and I work with fucking children. There was an altercation with Punk and the Young Buck. I am sorry that the only people softer than you are the wrestlers you like. We've talked about for weeks that this was boiling over. Tell me when I'm telling lies. There was a backstage altercation with CM Punk and Jack Perry. Today I terminated Phil Brooks, CM Punk for cause. I very much understand that my mere presence makes people uncomfortable. That's because I am the truth and the truth is painful. Look in my eyes. What do you see? Punk Vember. Part three. Oh, lovely. You've been rehearsing that. We have made it. Welcome to the final part of our trilogy, uh, dissecting and reminiscing, and in some cases, uh, uh, obituating the run in AEW for one Chancery Montgomery Punk, a.k.a. CM Punk. And who are we to do such a thing? I am with, on my far left, and everybody's far left, Fraser Porter. Sup, Tom. Sup. Sup, boy. We, we've we've say the podcast has been in the brine for a couple weeks now. <laughs> it's finally we are finally in the pickle. We're finally in the pickle of things. This is this is where not only is it heated up, but it's quite tepid. Oh, talking of tepid, uh, the, uh, the the true brine is blended by Cultaholic.com's tribal editor-in-chief. We are just here as mouthpieces for his magnum opus. It is Aidan Gibbons uh, with us today from Cultaholic.com. Aidan Gibbons, hello. Hello. As you know, I am the owner of Prince's Tuna. You are the owner so of I, Prince's Tuna. So I own all the brine, <laughs> and all the blind brine flows through me. Your blood is just brine. brine. <laughs> <laughs> I just sweat. I was going to say I just sweat salt, but everybody sweats Everyone's salt. So it really matters. Yours gets used to pickle Mine things. is extra salt. It can, it, MGF loves it. He rubs it <laughs> on his pickles and everything, yeah. <laughs> we are at a point in the, t- in the period of CM Punk and AEW where there is a lot of sweat 
and a lot of salt. Uh, this is, are we kind of, we haven't got a title for this one. You know, do we say the autumn years? <laughs> like, the, or one final, one final throw. Well, we've got final oh, roll no. of the so, dice. So what we had is it's a bit like a marriage. So you've got the honeymoon period at first, mm -hmm. and then you've got rocky water start to hit, and this is the divorce. Well, the wait, divorce. I was going to say you've got part one, the good, part two, the bad, part three, the ugly. The ugly. Oh, I like it. CM Punk has arrived in all elite wrestling. The only thing that's certain about CM Punk right now is that nothing's certain. I'm coming back for the same reasons I came to AEW in the first place. I, I got scores to settle. There's still things left to do. Saturday, the 17th of June, Collision, the United Center. I won't know what I'm gonna do or say until I have that microphone in my hand. I have a lot of things to get off my chest. We move to June of 2023. Uh, months until the final throw of the dice for CM Punk. Uh, Talk us through June of 2023 in CM Punk and AEW World, Aiden. Do I have to? You absolutely have to. Fucking damn right you do. <laughs> <laughs> right. So where we left off, May 31st, Tony Khan officially announces it's coming. It's been, he's had the hokey coke. He's been in. He's out. He's shaking it all about. <laughs> CM Punk is officially coming back to all the wrestling. And June. where we begin June is... So at this point, the plan is it was going to be Chris Jericho as his sort of first opponent on the on the debut episode of Collision. And then it was, CM Punk's like, nah, I think I'll do something with Samoa Joe. And he's like, actually, Jay White is a very handsome, good-looking wrestling man. <laughs> I think I want to do something with that Jay White man. So what eventually is what we find out is what is likely going to be for Punk's return is CM FTR, CM Punk and FTR, if you couldn't guess from the name. Ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I know. Now. Right there. <laughs> Versus Samoa Joe, Jay White and Juice Robinson. No affiliation with the fruit juice. <laughs> <laughs> that matches ultimately what ended up happening. What was the gag <laughs> that you did? In the last episode. No, that was episode... That was, uh, no relation to Michael... <laughs> Michael Jackson. Episode, Jackson. episode one. Yeah, it's. I think it's somebody wrestles Mike Jackson. CM Punk's second UFC match is against Mike Jackson, and it was no no affiliation. <laughs> so that if you're keeping track at home, that is Aiden's second no affiliation <laughs> gag <laughs> of the series. Yeah. We've got many more to come. But yep, yep. At, at least one, maybe, <laughs> yeah. I mean, interesting way to bring him back. I kind of get it, because... Punk hasn't wrestled in ages, Fraser. And it's nope. like, there's obviously some concerns for ring rust, so let's get him back in a, in a safer way. Chuck him back in there with his mates as well, because he's in there with FTR, some of his best buds in AEW. Samoa Joe, someone who he has known for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And then you get your, your fresh matchup with Jay White and Juice Robinson. I think it was a very, very smart way to bring him back, for sure. Um, it was just a, a strange one that CM Punk's return match after the past year that we discussed in, in, in episode two was a was a tag match. Mm. Just a little bit weird for me. But I was cool with it. It was just a little bit, I was like, Ooh. You'd have preferred it to have been a one-on-one. It was a one. singles match. Yeah. yeah. Especially when he doesn't really do anything with Jay White and Just Robinson. He does a little bit afterwards, but I think it was sort of maybe setting up for stuff 
much further down the line. It was giving me a little tickle now. Mm. And then the little tickle, unfortunately, has, has gone nowhere. But Well, there is another little tickle that's, that's being tickled. Well, on, tickle. on route to Forbidden Door 2, Fraser talks about there should be that one defining singles match that Punk should have Absolutely. on his return. We think we have an opponent, don't we? Yeah, so two days. So it's officially announced on the June 7th Dynamite that the match we've mentioned. And then two days later, the rumor starts swirling. And rumors are that Kenta versus CM Punk has been discussed for Forbidden Door 2, which is set to take place on June 25th. That match will be, of course, the marquee singles match, Kenta and CM Punk. We, we don't know what the relations are like in real life, but in terms of on Twitter, it's just, rah, you still might go to sleep, and CM Punk's like, it's mine now, bitch. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's been going on for, what, 10, 11, yeah, 12 years? That, yeah. yeah. Punk's been doing that move since, what, 2006, seven, yeah. even earlier? Uh, that yeah. was many years ago, at yeah. least 10. Kenta has uh, also made it clear that he wants to come and wrestle for Forbidden Door 2 and make a big bag of money. Big bag Give of money. Give me the bag, Tony. Uh, Kenta had cried numerous times on Twitter. Kids love bags. Kids love bags, and Kenta loves bags full of money. But as we know, there are issues just around the corner. Oh, no. Surely not with so Punk. CM Punk's meant to come back. June 17th episode of Collision debut. But mere two days before this debut, what we find out <laughs> um, is that something is going to be published about Punk before the debut that wasn't going to help matters. Oh, and I'm going to turn everything into, quote from Wade Keller, one of those weeks <laughs> one for of those all elite weeks. wrestling. And of course, oh. all we've had through the last two parts is one of those weeks has been <laughs> yeah. constant for AEW. <laughs> One loves one of those weeks. And so what we then get reported from Fightful Select is that Punk has taped an interview with ESPN in the week before his return, during which Punk discusses the Elite in a manner where it would be unclear if Punk was working or shooting brother brother. The interview was set up and approved by AEW. Um, word of this interview makes it back to the AEW locker room and the reception wasn't exactly welcoming. Punk's comments were considered needlessly inflammatory the man himself, however, believed he was just promoting collision in a manner that shouldn't cause any drama. Should be fine. Um, so <laughs> so yeah. the, the report goes on to say is that Punk was said to have mentioned Hangman Page in the interview, which he ultimately does. Um, and it's, it's reported by Dave Meltzer at this point that AW is in damage control mode over the interview. No affiliation with Bailey. <laughs> so I couldn't resist. Uh, over the interview. And Elements you could have resisted. <laughs> <laughs> you interview. should have resisted. Yeah, yeah I should. <laughs> Never resist. Yeah, and elements of the interview. So what, what we find out essentially in September 2023 is that part of the interview ultimately weren't published. So we'll never know what he said in some elements. Would of this it. have been maybe to do with the NDA? We think of a so. brawl out because he talks about Hangman. He speaks a little bit about the elite, but we don't know sort of what these needlessly inflammatory comments are. Because mm -hmm. I mean, when the article actually comes out on a Friday afternoon, it's much ado about nothing. Like we all read it and just sort of went, "We've known this for a year, mm. nine months, basically." But what I just want to. Bring a, what's in the brackets there on this? So the brackets is Big Willie Why? in all capitals. Well, w William Shakespeare. Much ado about nothing. Got you? That makes a bit more sense. Yeah. I'm reading it here. I'm following along. It appeared to be much ado about nothing. So Aiden, Big Willie. Aiden, Aiden has prepped all these notes. We should make them available for somewhere for yeah, we'll, to we'll, download. Yeah, we can put them on the Patreon. We'll put, really. Stick them on the Patreon so you can see all of Aiden's a, notes and all their glory. A, a full binder dissertation yeah. signed by Aiden Gibbons. <laughs> and where Aiden Sell has for indeed... for 99 or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's make some money up. Yeah. Where Aiden has indeed written much ado about nothing, he has put in brackets Big Willie 
Uh, it's uh, either uh, recall William Shakespeare or maybe he's just showing off. Yeah. Or, yeah. or Big Willie Hobbs. Yeah. Yeah. It could be Big Willie Hobbs. Yes. Big Willie Hobbs, as we know, loved Billy Love, Shakespeare. Love Shakespeare. He loves Shakespeare. Yeah. Hobbs yeah. loves Shakespeare. <laughs> Gets a DVD with Kenneth Branagh on, on the regular. <laughs> I love that he's getting a DVD. <laughs> Big Willie Hobbs loves the DVD. <laughs> loves it, the DVD. Is it now? There's a rumor in innuendo that Willie Hobbs has one of those portable DVD players. Oh, those were oh yes, they were great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, you had the big. Your mum brings out the binder with all the the CDs and DVDs yeah. in it. He's a nightmare to sit next to because he's just he's getting comfy on the plane. He gets his big binder big out. Binder. He's like, oh, what shall I watch? Shrek two again. <laughs> <laughs> you never watch Shrek two. I saw he get hundred <laughs> DVDs of Shrek two. <laughs> it's like, but it's like, but Will, it's on Netflix. It's like, does man, I've got the binder. Why would I pay him off for it? Got the DVD. <laughs> yeah. Shrek two. I like to watch, see where the in, where the video, where the title video loops. <laughs> Still winds back VHS. <laughs> it, just go, it just go for the special features. He just loves it. Because Shrek two has got that singing comp. This is the right right. Yeah, American Idol. Yeah, Simon Cowell. Yeah, yeah. some another big tangent. Have you seen Superbad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Sarah on the DVD menu was told by Judd Apatow that <laughs> that they couldn't loop the video. They could. So he, they made him dance for an hour <laughs> <laughs> against a green screen. So he's just what, just to do it? Yeah. And it's like, that's the main menu loop is him dancing. But it takes an hour for the loop to finish. <laughs> but they just were like, yeah, we can't loop it, Michael. So made him do it. Oh. So yeah, we, we should have a special features like that for this. It's Aiden dancing for an yeah. hour. <laughs> Latino heat, innit? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so. The heat is on CM Punk right now. After this explosive interview in Speechmark. Explosive, yeah. Mm, so which was much ado about nothing. Yeah, the explosive bits certainly weren't included because but what we do get is Punk discusses the issues with Hangman Page, how they develop. And this is where he shares his concerns, as we mentioned last week, that Punk was going to shoot on him at Double and Off in twenty twenty two. Punk also, as we mentioned in the past, this is where he reveals that he apologised to Tony Khan following Brawl Out and that he has tried to reach out to Kenny Omega in the Young Bucks but only been met with responses from lawyers. Punk still wanted to have a sit-down with them, though. We later find out, here from Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, is that the whole Punk wanting to meet with the elite thing is Punk's camp actually tells Meltzer this weeks ago and that Punk had wanted to reach out but hadn't done so because he wasn't allowed to get in contact with them. The elite side, however, claims no attempts have been made, but we don't quite know because what it could have been is just Punk's hitting lawyers in the words never getting back to the elite, basically. Mm. But the interview itself does lead to a little bit of a storm around Hangman Page because effectively all the issues start with Cabana, but Hangman Page likes to spark, basically, mm. of everything kicking off. Um, but Nick Jackson comes in to defend his friend writing on Instagram. Not only is he good at wrestling, I'm sorry, I've I've stole your job here. That's all right. But I'll stay here for this bit. Not only is he good at wrestling, but he's an even better human being. Oh, I really just can't see my head. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to just very subtly move that move. If you watch on the Patreon, you just you just saw uh, you could draw whatever you like on the back of that piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so go on. So what does he say? Uh, he says, not only is he good at wrestling, but he's an even better human being. <laughs> I think that's all. All video podcasts should just hide the faces. <laughs> <laughs> just, just whatever. Yeah, yeah you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch the other page on this, makes sense. If you're listening, then you don't. Um. <laughs> anyway, so um, a lot of talk about Page once again, uh, but not a lot of stuff is discussed. I do believe a lot of that is bloke is 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 taken out because of the NDA following yeah. brawl out. But 
how, the fact that Punk did this interview and it feels like nobody was told about it except AEW who went yeah yeah it's all yeah, fine maybe another example of CM Punk having power and Tony Khan be like hey do what you want do brother. what you want mate yeah do what you want Mr. Punk yeah Mr. Punk Mr. Yeah. Punk do what you like Mr. Yeah. Punk He's oh, desperate to keep him happy. The thing is, they knew about the interview. How much of the content did they have, you know, like, did they know that Punk was going to do? Like, did they did they get ESPN to prep the questions and have a look at them beforehand? Or did they go, yeah, you can do the interview, but didn't know what ESPN was going to do? Because, like, y- y- you would think that they would have, like, you can't ask him this, you can't ask him that. To stop them having to go, right, we need to take this out, we need to take this out, shit, this is going to cause an issue. Mm-hmm. But we know that stuff is taken out, so I don't know how much of it is. Is AW going, please, ESPN, don't do that to us. We want to have a good interview <laughs> Did here. Kenny Mackintosh? Oh, why is Kenny Mackintosh? I don't know why he's doing that. He, maybe he's got him on Inside the Ropes. You did that when we did live reactions did, to yeah. AEW, and then you shared the clip of doing it. Kenny had a go at me! Hang on, Ken! Hang on, War Ken! It was him that was doing it! He thought it was him that was on stream. Oh, <laughs> why is he taking the mic out of Yeah, me? I don't know why you're doing that. <laughs> Tom, I think we need to get back to the, the podcast at hand. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> right, let's go. <laughs> so, uh, the meetings. Let's so, so, a little bit on that before we get in there. Because this ends up being uh, one of the reasons that leads to the ultimate explosion between CM Punk and AEW. And that mm. is seemingly Punk's desire to get a meeting with the elite and meeting nothing but lawyer-flavoured roadblocks, it seems. Mm. Do we think, a little quick round the houses here, had Punk and the elite got in a room together before Wembley, do you think that we still would have had what we had uh, that is to come? No. Ooh. You think it would have all been sorted? No, no, I don't think it would have all been sorted, but when someone's afar, it's sort of much easier to retain the animosity animosity towards them yes. and sort of not be civil. But once you're in a room and sort of face of it direct, you sort of go, like, they, like they wouldn't go this necessarily stupid because then the CM Punk did punch them in the face. There is mm-hmm. that. But it, it would be sort of, we just need to move on past this. And we already know at this point there's willingness to move on from one person not named CM Punk, probably Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. we never had quite confirmation, but we guess it's him. And... I don't. They would, they would never have worked together, or at least not now. Because mm. what what we later find out is that the Young Bucks had a rule essentially that if CM Punk could avoid causing any drama for six months, they'd sit down and meet with him. But as we'll get to, that just keeps getting reset all the time. He has that big sign where it's like one day since uh, Punk drama, yeah. that sort of thing. I see. I disagree. I think I think we would still have ended up how things uh, transpired and how we all get into because. Punk's biggest, the, the breaking point, the thing that caused it all to crumble was not the elite. Like, the la- what caused Punk not to be in AEW any longer, it wasn't them, right? It was an issue with someone else that I don't want to spoil because mm. if you listen to this, you're, you're wanting to find out things spoiler-free. But I had to say you again oh. because I think you might have seen the bigger picture and you might have gone, I'm just starting a good thing here. Maybe. Maybe I would throw punches at people Do you know what this one feels more like? time. The motion. The motion. Rest yeah. in peace, Mitch Walker. Oh, a short lived series on the Cold Holly podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely lad, Mitch. Lovely yeah, lad, Mitch. Tall. Tall. Yeah, Mitch. Appa- apparently tall. Apparently tall. tall. We never met him. I in think person. you've met him, haven't you? No, 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 no. Oh. No, I was, I was on a train. Weirdly, no one did. Mm. No, no, Jack Cheating did. Cheating Jack did. Yeah, they say that, though. Mm. Mm. No. 
Isn't Maybe. it funny how the shareholders would, would spin that kind of story That's true. to us? Lying to us. Mm. So moving onwards. So we, we now, like, because believe it or not, all of this has happened between the... It's two weeks, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the, the announcement of Punk's return impending. Yeah. And the return itself. Yeah, yeah, he's not even back yet. He's not even yeah. back yet. And all this has transpired, right? But now we come to AEW Collision, the second coming. The second coming. Here he is. Here's the lad. Back once again with the renegade master. The big lad. CM no, no, he's Punk. not the big lad. Yoshi is the big Yoshi lad. Yoshi from Super Mario. Sorry, the big lad. Yeah. <laughs> CM Punk does not deserve to be the big lad. He's just a lad. The little boy. The little boy. <laughs> the little boy, the, CM the, Punk. The little train that could. I'm a little lad. Loves berries and cream. <laughs> <laughs> berries and cream, berries and cream. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we actually do get the return. I'm sat there 1 a.m. ready and waiting because CM Punk in the days before this says he's got a lot to get off his chest. And Punk does indeed pump his chest out, grabs a microphone, and starts talking. Tell me when I'm telling lies! I got here to this place riding a wave, riding the backs of smart, passionate, professional wrestling fans like you. And oh gosh, I'd never fit in somewhere more in my entire life than I have here in professional wrestling. I love you for it. I love you because you love me. And you love me because I have never compromised. I have been unapologetic my entire career. I am me. This is what Joe Strummer trained me for. I will always speak truth to power. I will always be myself. I will never compromise. And there's the people that think that they are owed an apology. I've grown older and wiser in my years. Sometimes it's better to be the bigger man. If you feel you're here today and I owe you an apology, here it is. I am sorry that the only people softer than you are the wrestlers you like. Tell me when I'm telling lies. He starts with the shots at the elite, um, and the young bucks, and then he says, David Southlavs, who is the head of Warner Brothers Discovery, he says his nickname for him is One Bill Phil. Because he is the one true genuine article in a business filled with counterfeit bucks. Oh, oh. he's done him there. <laughs> Got him. By this point, the fans inside the United Center are already <coughs> chanting, fuck the elite. Um, but it then emerges the line is approved by AEW management. Oh, good. Um, so following the veiled dig, Punk continued and addressed the people who felt he needed to apologize. Punk did apologize. Because the only people softer than you are the wrestlers you like. Sick burn, oh. brother, brother. Um, now, this, this all, uh, one phrase that keeps coming up in this sort of, this, this pipe bomb 2.0 promo is, tell me when I'm telling lies. Yeah. Yeah. Which becomes a sort of a, a mantra for Punk to speak some very difficult home truths about our locker yeah. room, about the talent, about the place. Tell me when I'm telling lies. It was a great promo, though. Like, genuinely, I, I, it felt, like, a bit edgy, but also, like, okay, are they, is this all in storyline? Is this, it was kind of blurring the lines a little bit, because oh, if him coming on, on screen and being like, yeah, counterfeit bucks, fuck, are they actually going, are they 
are we getting this elite feud with Punk? Clearly not, but like it felt like a good little nice spark of the right direction. Punk's first promo when he debuted felt like someone starting a new job. Yeah. This felt like coming back to a job you hate after three weeks in Corfu. Yeah. Like there was there was there was the energy there, and you're right, it was an mm-hmm. excellent promo. But it in comparison to that first promo, which was uh rooted in reality, yep. very real, but very optimistic, this felt angry. Yeah, but that for me, me and Adam did a live stream reaction for it, and it was like Okay, he's a heel. Like he, they're, they're going with heel CM Punk, but just because he's in Chicago, obviously Chicago's going to cheer him. It's the Bret Hart in Canada sort of thing. Yeah. So it was like, oh, okay, so this is a heel CM Punk. He's coming out here, being like, I was right. F- you know, fuck your favorites. I'm CM Punk, which was is the exact character that I think a lot of people wanted a heel CM Punk to be. Right? Was a he's he's a dick because it's CM Punk and he thinks he's the best in the world because he's straight edge and that means he's better than you. And it felt like this was the start of it. And uh, yeah, it was a bit of a letdown in the the weeks after. Mm, but you could see, yeah, you, if you painted the image, okay, this is a heel punk, this yeah. is where we're going, then yeah, I get it. But then, spoiler, it's not that yeah. at all. How did the young bucks respond to this this comment, this shot across the bows thrown at them? So quite literally, immediately after um, the promo, they write a tweet which says, if it were 2018, we'd already have a counterfeit Bucks shirt available on Pro Wrestling Tees. Kill it, y'all. <laughs> uh, reports indicated they took the comments lightheartedly and told those who asked things were okay. So... Punk's got a. I think the Punk's been allowed to let off a bit of steam there mm-hmm. in a very controlled manner. I don't know whether that is the right way of dealing with it. And I think, you know what? I'd have preferred maybe Punk missed that week and they all had a big sit down backstage and got it all sorted before going out there further. Yeah. I feel like it feels like Tony Khan is trying to stop bloodletting with a plaster here. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, hey, go out there and do a promo. Off you go. Now, am I right in thinking this might be something that we allude to again later on because it doesn't get reported about till much after. But so when CM Punk returns to Collision, is this the night that Tony Khan is in the gorilla position? No, no, it's not. Right. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. But we will quite literally come to that very soon. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, maybe a couple of months later, but it's four days later when you're thinking mm. what happens. Happens. We've heard lots of talk about how the locker room has been reacting to CM Punk. He's got people in there that really have a lot to have a lot of good time for him. There's some who do kind of believe that he kind of believes his own press releases a little bit. Uh, what's the reaction to Punk's return, Aiden? So the reaction for the AW locker room is people on both sides feel the return and Punk's promo is him getting out what he needed to get out. Others, however, feel these soft comments about fans and that sort of thing was hypocritical as he complained about the program with Hangman Page, in particular the promos in the build and the spots in their match, notably that he thought Hangman Page was going to shoot on him, brother, brother. Mm. And the idea, of, and of course the comments, the uh, workers' rights promo where Punk, of course, went to AW management and went, you can't let him get away with this. What the fuck's all that about? And of course, nothing happened. Yeah, Fraser put it best in the last uh, section when we talked about CM Punk being the sort of person that goes, I, you know, don't do as I do. Like only I. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. I, like it's one rule for him. One rule like, for him, and one rule for everyone else. And we'll right. get we'll get to more of that later. Oh, the thing God is, yeah. if Hangman, just going back to that briefly, if Hangman had gone up to him and gone, "I want to use this line," would Punk might have actually. Punk might have been fine with it, yeah. Been fine with it because he's old school, so you clear things before you 
you do them, mm. right? And it, it's just unfortunate. Which is what Maybe punk that's the big here. crux in all of this here, is that uh, we don't know how much Punk would have cleared lines with people. I would assume he cleared as much of it as he so possibly could. So the lines, everything he said, the whole promo was approved by management, not necessarily by the elite or anything like that, but oh. Tony Khan goes, yeah, this promo's fine. Right, so he signed off with management. Yeah. And yeah. but but again, it comes to the crux of the issue was should management have changed the promo slightly? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I wonder whether, like, we go back to 05, sorry, 10, 2010, sorry, and the pipe, the initial pipe bomb in yeah. WWE, and and how fourth wall smashing that was. How much of that was on the cutting room floor for what Punk wanted to say? Yeah, I'd be intrigued to know, like, what the unfiltered version of that promo might have sounded like. Yeah, probably. if he seems like the kind of guy that would, you know, say these things. Yeah, but obviously get the nod before he does. I mean, obviously we said that the promo it divided the locker room a little bit, but it wasn't really one that people. It wasn't kicking kicking things off with the elite. They seemed, as they the box said, they seemed they were okay. Like that feels like a okay. So that they knew that they were going to get a shot taken at them in the promo. Right, just yeah. to just to, to give punk a, a a different side of it that mm. might have it that well it didn't to me it felt as I said very much storyline right we're just having you know the audience knows what's been going on because it's been reported and everything we know what's been going on so we're gonna sort of wink right here's a little nod to that let's move on punk's here it's collision let's go um, rather than punk's gone out there and is trying to be a dick. Right. Speaking of moving on. Kenta. So we're having a match with Kenta and Punk at Forbidden Door 2, are we, Aiden? Oh, it's, it's all happening. Yeah, it's all happening. that's definitely happening. Uh, and, Can't uh, see any reason why it wouldn't. It's coming. It's it's going. And then suddenly gone. What? I know. Punk's planned match with Kenta was... <laughs> so we've had all the drama, all the backstage stuff, and then Kenta's planned match, this, this the marquee singles match of Punk's return, disappears into the ether. <sighs> so... In the main event of Collision, CMFTR, I think the match goes like 35 minutes That's or something. That's a long yeah. match. Mm. But they end up defeating... Um, Samoa Joey. Samoa Joey. Juice Robinson. And Jay White. White. They end up defeating them. And that's how the show goes off the edge. So it's a big happy return, basically. But the original plan, this is from Ibu of Wrestle Purist, was for Kenta to come out, beat the shit out of Punk. And that would have set up their match. However, Kenta basically rejects a match with Punk, which ends up getting him heat with New Japan for a little bit. But Punk is effectively left without this marquee match, and instead it's announced later that he's going to fight Satoshi Kojima. All the opponents considered were Jeff Cobb and El Fantasmo, but they were sort of scrambling and trying to find Punk another opponent. I mean, I mean, the match that we get with him and Satoshi Kojima is a really interesting one. Uh, certainly not a main event caliber match, but it's just something a bit fun, which certainly sees the crowd... Uh, having some fun during it as well. So a lot of mm-hmm. they seem to have a good time with it. Do we ever get any sort of reason why Kenta didn't want the match with Punk? Was it just a case of... I think it's just all the stuff from the go to sleep. Yeah. I think as far as... Maybe Kenta's perception is that it's his move, why the fuck's he using it? And maybe that's a bit more real than we maybe think. Because it's because you the vibe that you got was like, Kenta was like, oh yeah, give me the bag, I'll fight Punk. Because it's probably the big, it's probably like Kenta's biggest match in... Probably maybe since he wrestled Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom yeah. or something like that in years. Mm. Do you think it's maybe because he wasn't going over? He wasn't getting the money that he wanted. Maybe, likely yeah. wouldn't beat CM Punk because it's an AEW. Well, it's an AEW New Japan pay per view, but like he wouldn't have beaten. CM he wouldn't Punk have beat either, CM Punk. Whereas Kenta probably doesn't want to lose to the man that stole his move to his own finisher as well. To his own finish. Unless he was going to whip out the Pepsi plunge or something, which wouldn't be like well, you know, he did it against Joe, but like yeah. it's not. He would have beaten with a GTS. That was that's the whole story between him and Kenta. Um, 
it's probably the pay thing, right? And he, Kenta got really pissed off on, on social media because Tom's Customs did a graphic and that he thought was legit that it was announced. It looked like he thought it was announced that the match had, and he was like, fucking give me the money. Like, what the fuck? And then someone's like, it's fake. It's a fake, <laughs> it's a fake one, Kenta. Um, Good lad, Tom's Customs. He's a lovely lad, is Tom's yeah. Customs. We yeah. had a lovely chat on the podcast feed about uh, the life of a wrestling, internet wrestling disruptor. As, as as we describe him, you're one of those. I, I like to think I, but yeah. I'm not to the level of Tom's custom. No, the commitment no. there is is grand. His yeah. role his role in in helping me book Jeff Jarrett versus Grado is paramount. You disrupt them by playing wheels on the bus on the bus for Moose. Yeah. Just don't, <laughs> don't <laughs> like commentary. This is the reason why we've been cancelled by TNA. <laughs> That's why they yeah. have returned my phone calls. That makes yeah. sense now. <laughs> That thing I did on tour that we can't speak about. That hasn't yeah. happened yet, but it's going to happen. Um, we move back to the story of CM Punk. Uh, June 21st, we get a report that says, all isn't well. Believe it or not, and I find this difficult to believe, Aidan Gibbons, but that open wound that hasn't been treated somehow... It's getting worse. It's becoming increasingly infected. I just don't understand. We left it for ages. We didn't treat it. Sometimes we put a bit of mud on it. And for some reason, it's now infected. I yeah. don't understand. So as, as you remember ahead of All Out, there are reports. Well, I think it's a, there are reports based that this is all going to explode. And of course, it did explode. And what we get here is, of course, second time around, we sort of went, hmm. A little bit, but the report at this time, June 21st, is that divisions within the AW had only worsened as a result of Punk's promo and the ESPN interview. Um, oh, shit, I missed a bit. I've, got, oh. I've gotten lost. No, that's okay. Mm. But we're okay. Oh, no, I haven't. doesn't matter. No, you're there. <laughs> you're all good. Hold it up to your face. Yes. That's fine. <laughs> so what we do get is the divisions are only getting worse. Um, the elite are not in the building ahead of Forbidden Door because CM Punk is there. And, of course, the roster split, and they can't be near each other because who knows what might happen. Mm. Let's get that roster split going. But one AEW name who was at this June 21st episode of Dynamite, they leave the, they leave the building in a bad mood, and they tell Dave Meltzer they fear the situation was, quote, a ticking time bomb that will not have a happy ending. Um, one person not happy about this report is Dax Harwood, well-known for his lovely smile. And love of CM Punk. And love of CM Punk. Um, he wasn't happy about the report as he tweeted, then deleted, this one will get heat, but fuck it. Oh, start, you read it. Okay, so I'll, but, I'll, but, tell you, I'll but, tell you this. But you've got to... If, the narration has to be the sort of SpongeBob me where he's like melting and leaning forward sort of thing. <laughs> 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 okay, is that my... Okay. How do... How is the SpongeBob... No, no, like, do the SpongeBob meme. The meme. Where just like... Mm. <laughs> 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 this one will get me Oh, like, okay, yeah, I can't do the whole like the caveman yeah, 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 caveman uh, SpongeBob. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. This one will be... A <laughs> Just don't know. This oh, one no. will. Dax Harwood's gonna. This one will get us. me some heat, but fuck this it. This one will get us some heat, but fuck <laughs> it. It needs to be said. Whatever top star left the show in a bad mood. See, that's because what, that's what, what it's about. Yeah. I thought Got you were yeah. calling Dax Harwood no, caveman no, SpongeBob. No, no, it's about the way he's written bad mood. Right. right. Whatever top star left the show in a 
bad mood. Because a certain individual was there instead of running to Dave, why not just tell the individual face to face? That's how we used to do things back in day. <laughs> yes, like 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 FTR Bald was back in the day when he got his start in the in 2012. 20 fucking 12. <laughs> yeah, back back in NXT Triple H's NXT. He does look like he might have played cards with Ole Anderson to be fair. Yeah, He's got he that does. look about him. And CM Punk posted on his Instagram story. He does. He posts um Rancid Time Bomb. Ah, Rancid. Black or black shoes, black hat, it was a time bomb. Is that what, is that what it sounds how like? How it goes? I don't know. It's rancid. It was a time bomb. <laughs> it's rancid. It's rancid. But what we, but speaking of rancid... Um, <laughs> There's that open wound again. Yeah, the open wound keeps festering away. But we do have Satoshi Kojima versus CM Punk, where CM Punk was, take, takes a, a flying elbow straight to the testicles. Oh. It looked very painful. Kojima just, just sat there and took it. Yeah. Just sat there and just, Boom. <laughs> the dirt is gone. Yeah, uh, the, the crowd here super into Satoshi Kojima, yeah. booing CM Punk, all booing the long. shit out of CM. And Punk. I think we're at this weird point now where the crowd enjoy boo C, booing CM Punk, and I think CM Punk is kind of reveling in it. As it, well. it, it isn't even it isn't even it isn't even bizarre or land either. This is no. just Canada. CM Punk and everything. The, the the mindset on Punk has turned. People want to see him, but they're aware that. They're a, bit, they're a bit more aware of his demeanor and they're not really suffering him as gladly as they used to. Yeah. He was doing what Cody should have done in AEW, which mm. was, he still thinks he's a, he's the top guy, the face, the mm. hero that everyone wants, but really he's getting booed. Like, lean into it. Like, lean he's a heel. In. He's a heel, but he thinks he's a, he's a face. Just picturing Cody Rhodes holding that golden shovel and just going, lean in! <laughs> <laughs> It's a metaphor! <laughs> <laughs> Look down the camera and go, Do you get it? <laughs> that's, that's what I'd have done. Because I, I like beating a gag just, to death. Just yeah, in that stupid face. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> <laughs> Hold up a golden shovel. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of golden shovels, so. <laughs> <laughs> this has nothing to do with him. I'll just get my back Not on to track. Go on then. Uh, but we've got like this open wound is still there, and the elite are the elite do work for Bidden Door. I can't remember what they did, but they are on the show. What were the elite doing at Forbidden Door? God, I can't take it off the top of my head, but this is why we have the laptop. You know there, were, there were 37 matches that night, and there's been another 426 AEW yeah. pay-per-view since then. 2023, so. the elite. I, I feel really bad because I get people who will listen to like podcasts that oh. I do with you guys, and then they'll send like a thing and they'll go, hey, do you remember that? And I'll go, what? No. Guys, you said on the podcast this week. It was only potentially the match of the year, Will Osprey versus Kenny Omega. For the IWGP oh. United States, no, no, United I think what Kenny was doing. What are the young bucks doing? The bucks were teaming with the elite, uh, or Hangman Page, so as the the elite uh, or the hung bucks with Eddie Kingston and Ishii against the Blackpool Combat Club, Takeshita and Shota. Oh. Ah, so yes, it's basically the Blood and Guts preview match. Yeah. yeah, ten men in the ring for a ten man tag. But what? But yes, so but they're of course backstage at the venue for the first time. In well, since brawl out basically, and they are kept as far away from each other as possible. 
no efforts are made to resolve their issues. They're just like, you sit in that corner, you sit in your really far away corner and don't talk to each other. Maybe on that night, if they struggle to get together, maybe that's the night you get them together. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I know there's a lot of lawyers involved. Fun fact about CM Punk, it's his birthday tomorrow at the time of recording. Oh, well, happy birthday, CM Punk. I hope you've enjoyed this this 17-hour roast of your AEW <laughs> run from three people who have never stepped into a wrestling ring. Oh, hey, you have. You have. And so I have. You. Okay. Two people who have stepped Two into thirds. a wrestling ring. Yeah. I'll just judge it. Yes. I've stepped more into a wrestling ring in my life than CM Punk has this month. Oh, he's done you there. He has done you there. Fraser is basically CM Punk. You've appeared... You will. Well, by the time this goes out, you'll have appeared in more wrestling rings as well for impact that's very true that's very true so. and and i beat jordan grace at connect four so i have that exactly <laughs> and, yeah and, and when i was six, confident yeah <laughs> just gonna throw a fit if i don't fair and when i was six i stepped in a wrestling ring with tatanka to get a photo what why we're we not doing a three-hour podcast on this i know you met Tatanka? Yeah, he did it. He did Newcastle City Hall. Wow! In like 2001. Public speaking wow. to Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. It was in a steel cage match afterwards as well. No way. But I, but I think the steel cage match was like fake Undertaker against somebody. Was it not, where, so who was Tatanka against? I can't remember. Was he in the cage match? No. So he was just in like the match probably before the... If you had a photo with him, I'm going to guess he was in the match before the break. You can never find it. I've Googled it before. There's Aww. no recollection. Oh my God. Not even on his cage match. Not even on his cage match. Was Chris Chavis that dis- depressed about going to Newcastle? Yeah. My God. If but UK Undertaker was there as well, well was was, was UK Undertaker in the cage and was was the commentator calling it a hell in a cell? Yeah. I I went to a show like that. Yeah. Come to see us next time. We're gonna have hell in a cell. It's, it's a like, cage match. It's not a cage match. That's not a cell match. Mate. It's a cage match. Yeah. Uh, speaking of cage match, Fraser is frantically checking it. I am I'm, I'm frantically Obviously, trying to find we Tatanka. Are, we are loving spending 19 hours of your life talking about CM Punk's AEW run, but we are taking a momentary break from that to find out more about Tatanka performing at Newcastle City Hall. It's what Inoki would have wanted. I can't find a single thing about this. Well, I don't trust you it happened. What if it was fake Tatanka? <laughs> you might have been for all I know. Oh Some bloke God. called Jeff Brown. But I thought it was fake Tatanka. <laughs> all I know is like, it's just a photo of me with a Native American wrestler. And, and, he, and he was billed as Tatanka. And as far as I was concerned, at six, he was a Tatanka. It was Tatanka, apparently. Well, yeah, it could have been him. Could have been random Ravy Davy down the pub. It could have been Dave Melter. They call him Tan Tanker. Tan Tanker. It's just him and Westerhope, like Salon getting all these, <laughs> getting his fake tans on. I remember there was a guy on the scene in the West Midlands who would do, who would wrestle as himself, but then would also wrestle as um, Doink the Clown, WWE Hall of Famer Doink the Clown, Fair and WWE Hall of Famer Kimchi. Did <laughs> They have a poster said WWE Hall of Famer Kimchi. Brilliant. <laughs> so we do both characters. <laughs> oh, Dad! Dad, can we get a wrestling? Kimchi's wrestling! Did he wrestle? No, but he is tonight! He is. Brilliant. Kim, WWE Hall of Famer Kimchi. <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If it wasn't for Owen Hart, a lot of that locker room would be empty right now. If it wasn't for Owen Hart, I might not be here right now. So you can champion CM Punk, and you can put on a pedestal Samoa Joe, and you can talk about how powerful Powerhouse Hobbs is, and you can talk about how talented absolute Ricky Starks is. None of us would be here if it was not for Owen Hart. And ladies and gentlemen, I am a hockey guy, and I know we're in Pat's country, and this is a hockey town. But I'm also not superstitious. I will walk under ladders. I will break a mirror right before the biggest match of my life. And I will touch the trophy, not because I deserve it, but because I will earn it. Away from... The uh, from Forbidden Door and on to brighter things, maybe possibly the yeah. Owen Hart tournament. So, July is very quiet, really. For news in general, July was very quiet, really. It was just mm. sort of just sort of sat there. You've had you've had mania, you've had you've had all your drama, punks back, and now we're just sort of rumbling along a little bit. Um, CM Punk does try and work with the elite, so as we've mentioned, Blood and Guts comes up shortly after um, Forbidden Door, yeah, but. They haven't got a fifth member. It was going to be Brian Danielson, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yes. If but, he was, yes, but he's he broke was, his arm. He was injured, door. yes, with, with Okada. Yeah, so Blackpool come back up, needs a fifth member. It ends up being Pack, big Geordie Pack. Hey. Mm-hmm. But CM Punk pitched to be the fifth member, joining John Moxley, Claudio Casagnoli, Wheeler Utah, and Kanosuke Takeshita. Um, however, the elite and Blackpool Combat Club had absolutely no interest in working with CM Punk in this match. Basically, neither team wanted him. They went, yep. nope, we do not want you. God. On screen, the own, as you mentioned, the Owen Hart tournament is going on. CM Punk shockingly loses it in the final, though, to Ricky Starks. But he then rebounds by revealing the real world champion. This title has my name on it. Not because I deserve it, 
but because I earned it. Nobody has pinned me or submitted me for this title. This title is still covered in my blood from last September when I beat John Moxley for it. And since then, nobody's beaten me for it. It's got my name on it, it's got my blood on it, and now it's got my symbol on it. This axe has represented CM Punk since 1997. This axe is the foundation I have built my professional wrestling career on. This act means I'm straight edge, and straight edge means I'm better than you. This title is mine. It belongs on collision, and this title is not stolen unlike my catchphrase, I am the real world champion. He's had a big red bag throughout all these weeks, and in the big red bag is his AW world title for Big X. Oh, carved yeah. Carved straight edge. Like that. Now, uh, the Owen Hart tournament. I think there was an opportunity there for, for Punk, who was getting booed everywhere, to, to lose to a babyface in the final. Yeah. And I thought, I thought well, obviously, Ricky Starks was in that realm and then as soon as Ricky Starks won they had that really weird bit where as he walks up the ramp Jushin Liger randomly appears goes to shake his hand and Punk just pies him off yeah and that's the bit because that was the heel turn for Starks apparently yeah Starks shoved he... him and was like oh getting all cocky wasn't he he but shoved he... the Liger a legend yeah. he even cheats to win because he grabs the ropes to yeah. pin oh, Punk yeah, yeah he, he did that poor, poor Liger flying all the way out for the tournament final yeah. of his former tag team partner and storied rival in Japan only to just get shoved to yeah. the side props to him though for, for doing it full like, gear as well yeah like Ricky full like, gear I mean it was effective yeah. People, everyone, you don't push Liger. And then he beats a Ricky Steamboat. Exactly. Was, well, it, don't you beat a Ricky Steamboat? It, 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 was, it made sense now that he, he was going for the legends. Yeah. Legend yeah. killer Ricky Starks. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And obviously, they, they built that to him winning the tag titles with Big Bill. Yeah, yeah in, in four minutes. In four hey, minutes. FTR, they're legends. Old school, those guys. Old school. Yeah, Back yeah. in their day. But yeah, they're, they're, like, they're like the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. <laughs> there they were in mid The Rock and Moan Express. <laughs> Dax Howard's going to fucking hate yeah. us. Isn't he? Love you, Dax. Yeah, what does it matter? Um, anyway. Love so, you, Dax. You're my favourite uh, radio broadcast advertising agency. It's <laughs> a very niche. It's <laughs> a very niche. I know. <laughs> Global Radio is a thing called Dax for their <laughs> advert distribution online. There is a tenth of a tenth of a tenth of an audience that, that will go, Oh, he's done him! He's popped you, us. You, you've popped at least one person. I've popped one person that works it's for Global Radio. He's called Tom Campbell. Yeah, I popped myself. <laughs> Listen to that. It's me and Tim Lahori from Classic FM. But what we do get into Lilo's, brighter times appear ahead. All the drama appears to be waning. Punk, even on cultaholic.com, Come, cultaholic.com. <laughs> cultaholic.com is a very different website. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. So, cultaholic.com. Cultaholic. <laughs> what would people find? It'd be, oh, it'd, cultaholic.com. It would just be Adam doing his weird. It's <laughs> a gif of Go on, go on, do, full on. Doing his full on cock. Yeah. Like, uh, you could yeah. do the tongue as well. I'm not doing the, mouth, the tongue, no. Open, no. Not, I'm, with the, with I am not the... debasing myself to the level that Adam <laughs> Ducini will for money. Right there. No. 
But yes, yeah, so that's what that's what that's what's on cultaholic.com. Okay. On cultaholic. You do that for an hour because we can't loop the DVD. Yeah. Menu. <laughs> <laughs> on cultaholic.com what we do have is CM Punk news is waning traffic wise um, basically everyone seems to be good times are ahead maybe yeah. this great open wound is still here but mm. maybe we can all just about live with each other for now mm. but as we know it's all about to come to an end yeah. so CM Punk's uh, AEW rainbow as you put here uh, won't last yeah. and we're getting into August, which is, of course, a massive month in AEW's calendar because this is the month that they sell out Wembley Stadium for All In, the all biggest in. show in AEW history. Wrestling. And it's like the history. fourth biggest show in history and turnstile count. Yeah. Yeah, definitely when you take away the North Korean shows, it's, yeah. it's up there with. WrestleMania 32. Of course, AEW, who announced this show many, many, many months out and uh, celebrated uh, the ticket sales going through through, celebrated that and by not announcing a single fucking match for months and months and months and months and months. Uh, and maybe and, and almost as if it caught them off guard, decided to announce a shit ton of matches the yeah. week before. The, the build was definitely lackluster. Fucking disgraceful mm. as a build. It really annoyed me. But like, the show was good. Arrogant, actually, I'd say. Mm. An arrogance about them. More, the so more was, than you. Yeah, the show arrogance. was the show was fantastic. The show was fantastic, but imagine if you'd had some more marquee matches in there. I rather than matches that were l- booked very lastminute.com. A lot, yeah, a lot of the tag team matches felt very strange to chuck on there. But, like, understand them not booking things, like, two months in advance on it and being like, this is going to be the, the match that's happening. They, they knew it was going to be tag team matches. Like, they knew that. So they, 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 they'd sold all the tickets and they were like, cool, this is what the show we're going with. And it was a great show. Um, I can understand them not going back in. What, when was it announced? Like, it was, like, May, April, May. April, May. I understand them going... Not booking anything then and being publicly like, yeah, this is your main event. Like that, that's too early. The, the build was just a bit. I had the idea. I mean, I mean, on a similar note, before we get into this, uh, on the day that we record this, WWE have announced Bash in Berlin. Mm-hmm, they have, yes. And I've, I've suggested. Do you know what? Fuck it. Announce now, Gunter versus Roman Reigns. Just announces the main. You don't know what title's going to be on the line. You don't know if any's going to be on the line. But just say, hey. Gunter's fighting Roman. Does that not back them into a little bit of a corner? No, because you can because if Gunter's still the IC champion, it could be Roman fighting for the IC title. A belt that he can revolutionize once more. If Roman's still the WWE champion, then Gunter can fight for the WWE title. If they're both champ, make it title versus title or one or the other. If it's a for none, then it's fucking Gunter battering Roman in Berlin. Mm. Everyone's a winner, baby! That's the truth! Mm. I mean, I like the idea of the match. Mm. It's too early. Yeah, far too like because maybe I've been burned by by the uh, book in Wembley like three hours before. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, perhaps they definitely did it with All Out as well. A week later, that, yeah. was, that was that was haphazard. They're fucking signing one of the contracts for All Out whilst people were still entering the stadium for Wembley. Yeah, the way weren't they? Yeah, yeah. they're like shit. We're gonna get this contract signed in on there, yeah. and then Grado came down. But... I think obviously Grado turned up. But hey, look, we'll get to that. Yes. We've got to get to it first. August. So August starts off a little bit quiet. We're sort of we're still just chugging along in what this, this perceived rainbow period, but then this all comes crashing down on the August twelfth edition of Collision, as CM Punk makes a poor joke about Hangman Page. This is after the show, but he says 
Earlier today, I went to a local supermarket, and I figured out why they call him Hangman. It's because the pegs in the toy aisles are full of Hangman action figures, because no one wants to buy them. He's a peg warmer, unlike me, who moves merchandise and pops ratings and sells toys. Everyone in AEW says, I'm the heart, I'm the soul, I'm the spirit. Well, that's the objective. Oh, burn. He just fucking destroyed him there. Yeah. And this was basically everyone sort of went, why has he done that? Yeah. Babyface CM Punk. Yeah. Bear in mind, this show as well, I think, is in Virginia somewhere. So it's not that far from Hangman's hometown or sort of yeah. like home area perception-wise. Everyone went, is he, is, he, is he being a heel? Is he, was, he doing... He was trying to get heat, wasn't he? Yeah. He was trying to get some heat. It what... felt like it was a bit off the cuff because he'd seen somebody with a Hangman sign and he just went for him. And again, it's Punk going, right, one rule for me, one for you. Like... I'm gonna yeah. be, you know, you can't be a dick to me without clearing it. I'm, and also, <laughs> I, there's a big part of me that thinks that CM Punk has a has a craw uh, about Hangman Page because he is so different mentally to Punk. He doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't throw himself into every minutia of the business. Hangman comes in, works hard, leaves, takes his hat on, takes his hat off. He doesn't necessarily eat, sleep, and drink and piss the business. He yeah. does what he does and leaves again. And also, when Punk's throwing shit at him, Paige doesn't respond. Paige doesn't bite back. Yeah. And if someone like Punk is looking for a fight, and he's you're not going, you're not getting one from me, sometimes if Punk's in a shitty mood, which I feel like since his comeback he has been, hmm. it's just going to wind him up more. Like, he's going to, I want to get a fucking rise out of you. Come on. Because Punk, Punk's defense would be, I'm looking to get a little bit of a fight out of Paige because there's no heart in him. And Paige's like, it's just my job. I'm going to come in. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to go again. They're two very different mentalities, I think. And mm-hmm. I think that's the crux of their issue. So what we do find out is that emerges that Punk's comments were supposed to be a joke, but the joke basically just goes terribly wrong. Everyone just goes, "What have you done that for?" And he actually apologizes to Page by Hangman. Uh, by Hangman, he apologizes to Page by text message the next day. Because of course, as CM Punk previously said, the apology should be as loud as the accusation. Yes. Remember when Punk said that? And yep. if you're gonna if you're gonna say something shitty about him in public, you have to say apology in public. It's fine. He put a, he put an exclamation mark and he put it in all caps. Ah, that'd be fine then. Yep. But what yep. we do hear is Punk is actually fined for his comments, possibly even as much as more than ten thousand dollars. What would the what would it say under the reason for a fine? Just being a dick. Just, just stupid promo, I guess. <laughs> yeah, stupid promo. Stupid promo. Gives ten grand. Un- <laughs> oh, yeah, something. What would, what would the actual punishment be? It would be unscripted, unsolicited comments about. Yeah, yeah unapproved, maybe, unapproved comments, unapproved commentary on management. Yeah, because if it had to be like a little joke, it would, but just the wrong person do it against mm. somebody who's. It's not going to blow up in this yeah. big thing and this does blow up in this big thing so what this perceived rainbow period turned out to be very much a cover because this big story essentially opens the floodgates for everyone's grievances they'd been keeping bottled up over the previous months and what we do find out is that punk essentially considers well as we mentioned so collision is his show but punk firmly believes this and he's effectively the sheriff of the Saturday Night Series, policing everything. And AEW and Tony Khan effectively allow CM Punk to do whatever the hell he wants because they view him as the top star and he's indispensable to the success of Collision, they, they think. They've essentially just put a wasp in a jar. Shook uh, it about. And they shook mm. it about and went, right, well, we're not worried about that anymore. 
CM Punk very much takes ownership of Collision and, and very much tries to start like an inter-promotional war. You know, for a brief period, people who watched Collision were called Colliders. Like the fan base was called Colliders. Oh, but yeah. He was desperate to make this difference between Dynamite and Collision and start this brand war. And a big part of that was CM Punk closing out every show and just slagging off whoever at the end when the cameras were off. I like the uh, the differences at the start, though. Yeah, I, I personally did enjoy that Collision felt different. It felt fresh. There were certain talents that you wouldn't see on Dynamite. They were only on Collision. It was a different style on Collision. Matches got a little bit more time to breathe. They weren't as fast-paced. They were a bit more methodically laid out. And it gave... I really like the matches on Dynamite for their fast-paced, the, the sort of like... I guess the WCW-ness of it, where it was like, oh, here's a Cruiserweight match, here's a big boy match, here's a, there was a lot of everything, whereas Collision was a lot more old-school style, which makes mm. sense with the talent that but made an appearance on there. It's WCW Saturday night, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. the opening promos, that sort of thing. So, like, I can see why, in Punk's mindset of, I'm the guy leading the charge on this, I've been tr- entrusted with this, I should be the biggest champion of this brand. And I'm going. We're, competition does make things better, right? Mm-hmm. Like SmackDown and Raw are always better when there are there are distinct brands being like we're going to outdo each other. And I feel like that's what he was trying to go for. And I, it didn't it didn't quite land with the folk on Dynamite. Then Dynamite needed to also be hitting back as hard as they but, were taking it. But this goes back to the whole thing as well as of the people on Dynamite. The elite essentially also looking at this basically going. Just get six months without causing any drama, and we can talk. Like they said, you want Punk to be quiet for six months, yeah. basically, and Punk's not. I feel like maybe if that, if Punk was aware of that comment, he wasn't gonna. He might have maybe. Yeah, he wasn't gonna just go. No, okay, I'll be good for six months. He's like, no, I'm not gonna be worse than ever. Yeah, because you've told me not to. If if if, if the elite really the elite should have gone right, can you just be a dick every night? But no, <laughs> the problem should be nice and quiet. The thing is, the the Bucks should have actually said to him that. Yeah, because we, we know that there's know no that communication. Does, yeah. There's no communication. So it's a case of they, maybe they've gone, here's the stipulation, you know, this needs to happen. They might not have told that's an internal thing that Punk is maybe not aware of. And he's like, well, the, the only way I can get their, a response from them he's is He's got to try and flick them. Yeah, is mm. being a dick, you know, which is a shame. Uh, Punk, as the sheriff of Saturday Night's, uh, gives him... Uh, it, it leads to some case studies from talent who work a Saturday night and take a little bit of umbrage with how Punk is running Saturday night. So this is certainly not Woody's roundup. No. <laughs> um, we've got... Is CM Punk not the rootingest, tootingest cowboy in the Wild Wild West? He certainly is <laughs> not. So this whole position of AW letting CM Punk do what he wants, he fills the power vacuum on Collision as the sheriff, gets an enormous amount of unofficial power to the point that he blocks the likes of Ryan Nemeth, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, that's brother they, mm-hmm. and Christopher Daniels, the AEW head of talent relations. They are all blocked from AEW collision tapings. We find out Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy are kept away because they are perceived as being close to the elite. Uh, Matt Hardy regularly on his podcast does just sort of go, uh, the elite are the heart and soul of AEW, sort of comments like that. Yeah. Christopher Daniels, meanwhile, oh, he's the, he's the manager of talent relations, so head of talent relations. Um, he is blocked because he was involved in breaking up Brawl Out. And CM Punk sort of has a warped view on this, on the idea that if A steals CM Punk's best friend in the promotion, if he can't be at AW Collision tapings, then neither can Daniels. <laughs> a steal, of course, is the man who bit Kenny Omega 
and yeeted a chair off Nick Jackson's head, while Christopher Daniels went, please stop fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. Very different sort of things mm. there. Ace Steel, who best friend and got into the fight, Christopher Daniels, head of talent relations, Tried to break up the fight. Also, head of talent, like an book has got yeah. official power, none of this sort of soft power stuff. He has hard power. But Do we get to call A Steel your colleague? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, he's had a tryout currently. At time of recording. At time of recording. He may have been signed. If so, I yeah, Punk might be your colleague. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. As we'll get to. In which case, I apologize wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't consider that angle, did we? Yeah, we didn't Christ. consider that, that wow. you might be actually sharing a locker room with... Uh, I'll send it. I'll show him the videos. Ace yeah. Papa. Yeah, I'll a- show him the videos. Ace Papa. <laughs> I'll say Aiden's got something to say about Yeah. Him. I'll send him my way. I'll give him a good fight. And if, Mike, <laughs> if Mike Jackson can knock him out, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll fail miserably. Mike Jackson, but I, hey, no relation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what I'll do is I'll just spray up the fruit juice and spray it <laughs> That's what we'll this do. This is a different joke for another, from another podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do Punk, do you want this, this, this unfinished Christmas dinner baguette? <laughs> what? Oh, no. We haven't told you that one. <laughs> Just slapping over hot yeah. dogs. He's like, what's this? I said, well, this is our joke CM Punk meeting real CM Punk and it's not working <laughs> like we thought it would. We've even cooked a whole Christmas dinner it's only November. <laughs> <laughs> Do you realise how long it's taken <laughs> to make this joke happen? <laughs> the Ryan Nemeth story of all the stories of all the stories is my favourite. Yeah, I mean, because Jesus Christ, all your favourites are soft, says CM Punk. Yes. So speaking of CM, all your favourites are soft and sort of one rule for CM Punk and one rule for everybody else. This is the prime example. So following CM Punk's return pro on June seventeenth, which he said he was the one true genuine article favour of counterfeit bucks. Mm-hmm. Ryan Nemeth tweets, softest man alive. <laughs> um, this he could have been talking about Mr. Soft, the could. famous soft <laughs> mint mascot. Or, or the Mr. Men, Mr. Soft. Yeah, Mr. Soft. Mr. Man, Mr. Soft. Yeah. It was him and Bumpy or, or Mr. Poppin' Fresh. What's that? He's the little Pillsbury Doughboy. Okay. In America. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, Pillsbury yeah. Doughboy. Yeah. You're the Pillsbury Doughboy, don't you? Uh, is this like a Fraggle Rock situation? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you f- no, oh, no. The Pillsbury Doughboy is the little, little creature with the hat with the chef's hat on. Google Pillsbury Doughboy. What do you mean, little chef? And, and, and in the advert, they poke him in the stomach and go, What the fuck is that? The Pillsbury Doughboy. I mean, I've heard of Pillsbury Doughboy. I've never seen but it. That's terrifying. He looks more like a Michelin man that's been ironed. He's a 3D <laughs> little chef. That's what he is. What about the... Uh, Heston the, Blumenthal's underneath there. What about there? The, trump- the, the trumpet player made out of butter? What? The anchor butter trumpet player. What? Google anchor butter trumpet player. I think it's anchor butter. Or lure- oh, no, lure pack. It's the lure pack. Trump- oh, there he is anyway. What about him? He's the softest Doug- man alive. Douglas. 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 Douglas, the lure pack... Butter man. Butter man. Yeah, so the, the advert for Blur Pack will play, and there'll be a woman going, mm, isn't butter lovely? Put it on your toast. Do, do, soft music. And then he turns up with his trumpet going, Burr! and she's like, oh, Douglas, stop it. And she takes his trumpet off him, and he's all sad. No one ever beats the PG tips monkey. He's a good Oh, man. monkey's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, anyway, Douglas might be the softest man alive. Do you yes. know who created Douglas, the animation? Is it Ardman? It's Ardman. Yeah. It, it, it does look a bit like Morph. Yeah, he's got a bit mm-hmm. of Morph slash Wallace mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's a descendant of Morph, according to Ardman. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Fuck he's, me. He's a, if Douglas is descended from, uh, from Morph. I didn't know Morph had a penis. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, did Chaz? He, he, can, morph, he can morph one. <laughs> Chaz found out the weird way. Oh. Right, right. CM Punk. Ryan Let's talk Nemeth. less about Morph's penis. Uh, Morph's good friend Ryan Nemeth. <laughs> um, this story is a little bigger. So we've got the we've got the promo. We've got the softest man alive tweet. Um, <laughs> that's Morph. Anybody who needs to see what he looks softest like. man alive. <laughs> Morphy. So. <laughs> This this got a limp pr- penis. <laughs> limp Christ. <laughs> the softest man alive. <laughs> Get your oh. hands off my penis. <laughs> Get your hands off. <laughs> this is a chap that caught me on the penis. <laughs> this is democracy oh, manifest. Yeah. We've got a, a succulent Chinese dinner. This is the morph that got me on the penis. <laughs> <laughs> We've got off the rails. Classic Douglas. We were so good in week two, you know, as well. We were yeah. so good. I think week one was our best. Yeah. <laughs> right. But so, softest man alive. Softest man alive. But this prompts CM Punk to angrily and aggressively confront Ryan Nemeth at the June 21st episode of AEW Dynamite. More about that later. Punk complained about Nemeth's tweet, saying it inflamed existing attentions and that the optics of the tweets sent a bad message. Nemeth moved the argument to the hallway and Punk continued berating him in front of everybody, at which point Nemeth points out that Punk took shots at the Young Bucks first. <laughs> Punk doesn't address this and simply says the timing of Nemeth's tweets were bad because they were all trying to move on. CM Punk, as we mentioned, is notoriously trying to move on from the situation. This was the week after he did the Hangman page. Ah, you can't sell any action figures. Ha ha ha. Notice that this is well before. Yeah, ah. yeah before, before Forbidden Door. So this is this, this is, is this is ages ago. This is when we right. find out. Yeah. This is about the the rainbow being not rainbow. And the counter. This is this is after the counterfeit bucks. Counterfeit bucks line. Yeah. And um, but what we get is never for power. He apologizes to punks and they shake hands. Nemeth then decides, because of such a CM Punk's soft power, to lay low because his job could be at risk if Spunk poke out, spoke out, be it, fuck me. So Dot many. come, <laughs> Spunk poke out. Spunk poked out. <laughs> so Punk spoke out behind You're the right, scenes. You're right, home. It's the afternoon, that's yeah, the yeah, yeah, right yeah. Um Yes, so Spunk. <laughs> <laughs> He's done it again! <laughs> <laughs> It's, I love that you took a step to make sure you caught yourself this time and then just walked into the same bed. Did I again? Spunk. Spunk, punk, spunk. <laughs> spunk. So yeah, punk's definitely going to hit when I want to call him Spunk Just call him Spunkball. Spunkball Mike Bailey. Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> Not related to Speedball. Not related to Michael Jackson. (laughs) 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 So, yeah. Punk speaks out behind the scenes. Basically, never feared for his job. Yeah. Um, But this this all leads into the... (laughs) This all leads into the same bit where where Punk makes the Hangman promo. Before the August 12th edition of Collision, Nemeth is booked on this show, um, basically with the Ring of Honor tapings, but he draws the ire of Punk because he reportedly said hello to everybody except Punk and his entourage. For God's (gasps) sake. This sets off Punk, and Nemeth is later sent home by Pat Buck. Pat Fuck. Yep. (laughs) Don't don't mess with Pat Fuck. Oh, my God. This isn't it, though, about the right Nemeth. Oh, no. Hangman Page comes up again. So Hangman Page is booked to do a pre-tape promo at the August 12th collision. The idea is that it'll air on Dynamite. But 
the, I think the show is taped at the Greensboro Coliseum, which isn't that far from Hangman's home. Um, what the promo ends up being is that Hangman stood in front of an ambulance, basically announcing the match for All In. That'll see him team of Kenny Omega and Takeshita. No, Kota Ibushi against Kanosuke Takeshita, Juice Robinson and Jay White. Um, but CM Punk, we, we believe he's not directly involved in this situation, but since CM Punk at this point is already angry, Hangman Page is told by AW to stay away, to keep the peace. Mm-hmm. So it's a, the, the, the amount of power that he has in this particular point, the mm-hmm. soft power, as Aiden's described it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think, obviously there's been, ex- you know, we have to go back to like the click and and like the NWO in WCW for for examples of yeah. this sort of soft power. <coughs> I don't know how it compares. I think the closest you'd get for this this type of soft power is Teddy Long Run in SmackDown. Like really, he had he had he was the sheriff of that show. CM um, Punk's had booking tag matches. Yeah, with the one going one on one with the Undertaker player. Um, <laughs> it is strange, yeah, how much control he has or who is backstage and why they're backstage and yet we've not really seen that with any other talent ever apart from hogan right mm. like hogan had a lot of control over pretty much everything to do with himself in wcw and and in, in tna as well so like it is odd that punk is able to just send away hangman page who is one of AEW's top stars and um I think at this point, Punk's aware of the Hogan connotations because we're seeing in matches like he's doing the ear cupping. The he, leg drop. He wore yellow tights to one match, which a lot of people he wore thought trunk, yeah. was like, oh, is this a little nod to Hogan wearing the yellow, the yellow trunks to the match? Like, was this a, is this another little nod to Hogan? The Hangman Page thing, I don't know whether how much of that was... Obviously, at the time, it, it was at the same time as the story about Ryan Nemeth was coming out. So it, it adds a bit more of a narrative. I think maybe Paige doing the video that he did away from the arena was far more effective than had he done it in the arena. But of course, the stories of him being turned away and told to go elsewhere on a show that Punk is the sheriff of and Punk legit yeah. has a problem with him. The optics are terrible. The optics oh, it's, are terrible. Dreadful. The, the, it, it's just it's unfortunate that loads of these things happened in a very short period of time, which made it feel like it was ramping up. And it was ramping up very quickly, but like if these were spread out over months and months... It, it might not have been too bad, yeah. yeah. But it's like on one episode, like that you within probably like three hours of each other, this is all happening. Yeah. yeah. And even like the stuff from two months ago, it's still only been six weeks since he's come back. Mm. Yeah, right. Like, it's, it was, okay. it's far too quick. It was like they were speed running yeah. to, to have an issue. Um, CM Punk, do uh, don't do as I do. Do do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Um, Punk had, I believe, if I'm right, had issue with uh, EVPs talking to uh, reporters, yes, sharing stories about there, which makes the next part of the AEW CM Punk story quite intriguing. So this this section is basically essentially like a weird third branch almost, between where we've got Tony Khan letting Punk do whatever he wants, sort of in the middle here, you've got the issues with the elite. This is sort of a third branch of elite adjacent, Mm -hmm. where as part of his role as the sheriff of AW Collision, (laughs) Punk's camp leaks, after all the stuff we've heard, CM Punk's camp leaks to Sean Ross that were fightful, that he had an argument with Jack Perry earlier in the summer. Punk, more arguments there from Punk. 
Punk wasn't happy about Perry wanting to use real glass in a segment um, because Punk is concerned he thought Perry was doing it so he didn't have to come to work the next week. So yeah, Punk saw this as a major issue with talent in AEW. And what we do here as well as Jack Perry has been told by production doctors and Tony Schiavone who have advised Perry not to use the real glass because it's a safety hazard. What we later come to find out, we don't find this out at the time, so initially this portrays Jack Perry, that initial report, yeah. sort of like a really bad light. Basically, everyone sort of looks at it and goes, right, CM Punk doesn't look all that unreasonable here. Hmm. He's just make, he wants people to stay at work. He doesn't want them to get injured with real glass. That seems perfectly yep. fine. This initial report will come back to haunt everything else later. But what we do later find out is that Punk's perception of this appears to be a little bit warped it comes to light that AEW has approved a vacation for Perry to Hawaii and the spot with real glass for collision. Fair enough, you haven't got to use real glass, but that's been approved as well. A car is even at the arena to film this segment and the angle, but Punk intervenes, saying the spot doesn't require real glass. It never actually ends up happening following CM Punk's intervention, but many of the talents in AEW seemingly just think that Punk has created an issue out of this and they describe it as... Punk yelling at a guy primarily because he had liked a negative tweet about Punk shortly before he returned, and that was the real reason he took issue with the spot. Right. So there was so un, there was an undercurrent there of he wasn't a fan yeah. of something that Jack Perry had done online, so found a reason to, you know, throw his weight around. That's what, backstage. That's what many believe. Basically, that's what many yeah. believe to be definitely the case. agree though about the glass. Yeah, yeah that, that is without like they never use real glass. Don't don't really. use real glass. That felt like, and I I, I still I agree with the fact that they they shouldn't have, they didn't do it, and I think that was the right because it, it could go terribly wrong. Just, just use it. Need to kill Goldberg. Glasses. Just use yeah. the sugar glass. Sugar exactly. Glasses, sugar glass looks better. It is unpredictable. There was uh, deathmatch wrestlers that I spoke to when they were backstage at North, and they mentioned they would never use glass because it is far too unpredictable. And they go out there and have deathmatches. Yeah. Jack Perry does not do that, uh, so he's not used to working with with stuff like that. He shouldn't shouldn't be using real glass. So Punk is in the right there. It's just the, the yeah the report that came was like. It, it snowballs and creates a much larger issue, essentially. Yeah. There and, was one report that also said that Punk said something along the lines of, that's not how we do things on my show. Yeah, so that's not so, how we do things on Collision. So I think that was part of the fightful report, basically. is That's what Punk <coughs> says, like, that's not how we do things around here. Yeah. And it was sort of like, it's another one of these signs of Punk is trying to differentiate himself from Dynamite. Mm-hmm. But this creates a much bigger issue just from the perception, essentially, of Punk leaking this to make himself look better than... He has yeah. been in the the subsequent uh, no, days Hell, ahead. Before. Even if he'd leaked, the actual way it went down was, yeah, Perry was off the following week. I told him not to use real glass. So did Tony Schiavone. So did doctors. So did medical. He's not going to look bad, is He's he? He's not going to look bad by going, I strongly advised him to not do the spot, and then the spot wasn't done. So clearly, someone did agree with him at that went, yeah, we're not doing the spot. And it could be, yeah, Tony going, yeah, Mr. Punk, you can do it, you can do it. But do you think maybe... We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> but, like... Do you think maybe Punk's concern would be because there is this uh, quite untrustworthy attitude backstage that somebody would go back to, like, maybe, say, the Bucks... Or and twist go, it. Uh, yeah, and twist the story, and then the Bucks can feed it to Dave or feed it to Sean and be like, oh, Punk was a dickhead on Saturday. So maybe this is Punk getting ahead of the story, but, but, if, but, if you will. But as far as we know, the Young Bucks never actually leak anything to... 
No, but I think I've, but, but I, somebody's definitely got to say something. The vibe is that someone somewhere is doing that, and Punk's kind of getting ahead of the story as mm. opposed to I don't know sitting down and having a conversation with the books, yeah. Yeah. which should have happened on all sides, and then none of this pettiness should have occurred. Well, speaking of pettiness and the young bucks, mm-hmm. so what what happens also in July um, is, but the, the issue essentially comes up in August is we've got Death Before the Sun. I think July 18, July 19, mm-hmm. something around then, but. Dana Massey, Matt Jackson's wife, she's in charge of AW Merchandise. There is a T-shirt produced for Death Before Dishonor that has the wrong date on it. Okay, so the, the wrong date's on the T-shirt. But this T-shirt never goes on sale. Like, basically, no one knows it exists, essentially. But it becomes public when CM Punk's post uh, puts a post on of the T-shirt with the wrong date. Um he basically t- just takes a shot about it, writes something about it, just being like, look at the state of this. Oh, he, I think he used the word amateurish or something. Amateurish, something like that, yeah. Um, but the issue, essentially this creates an issue, but the perception within AEW and amongst the elite is they see it as it's a shot from Punk about them again. Especially, more so, not just at them, but one of their... Partners, which is like, don't don't clap to somebody's wife. Yeah, mm. like they didn't. He didn't need to bring her into it, especially when she's not a part of of the issue. Um, if he's got with Matt Jackson, don't don't bring. It, you just don't bring anyone's partners into it, right? Like, no. it's your your beef is with the, the other person. But um, this is we've got all this going on, and Tony Khan, as we've repeatedly mentioned, he is literally not only just sat there doing absolutely nothing to resolve this great opening rule that's becoming increasingly infected. What he's actually doing is he seems to be a little bit at least on CM Punk's side. So what we find out is on the June 21st edition of Collision, CM Punk walks past the gorilla position where Tony Khan sits and Tony Khan is essentially just going, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, wild fist bumping. And basically, this essentially creates an atmosphere within AEW that is ultimately broken in terms of reports and stuff. But it leaves top talent believing it's best for them to stay quiet about any grievances they may have about Punk because it's believed Punk will just react and Tony Khan will do absolutely nothing about it. Yeah, and that's kind of... Kind of spot on, really, apart yeah. from, well... We, we get reports, but there's not... We never hear of anything about talent going to Tony Khan be like, Punk is a little bit out of control. Aye. Yeah. They're all scared to speak up. Yeah, they're all... I mean, Ryan Nemeth's so scared, he's gone laid low because he might lose his job. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. what he's scared about. The, the, that, the, bit, the, the bit I read about Tony fist-pumping Jant and CM Punk... We all just I, went, Jesus Christ. That's... I think that, when you read that, you realise where the problem has stemmed from. Because, like, see, because Tony Khan is a... You know what? For better or for worse... Tony Khan's a massive wrestling fan. Yeah. yeah. Big old mark. We've just, we we've, we've just seen Mystic go on TV. There yeah. you go. Big old wrestling fan. And it's brilliant. And it's because uh, you need somebody to run this massive company who is a fan of wrestling. And I think that's important. But you can't let it blind you. And to this point, it has. And like, there are so many points in this story before we get to Wembley there were potential jumping off points where Tony Khan could have taken off his CM Punk commemorative hat, put down his CM Punk commemorative ice cream bar, and maybe put on a manager's tie and gone, can we sort out this locker room issue and get on properly? Uh, yeah. And he, for whatever reason, whether it is 
whether it is uh, legal beagles in the way, whether it is uh, a, a disinterest on one party's side, it doesn't happen. He keeps putting these shitty plasters over uh, a gaping open wound and nothing is getting better. Do you think it's because he's he is the man that brought CM Punk back to wrestling after seven years? Mm-hmm. If he addresses the issue and actually faces the issue, he realizes, fuck, I might be the guy that brought CM Punk back to wrestling and fucked it up. Well, it was heading that way, one way but, or another. But like, oh, if I if I ignore this the problem, and I'm sure there is things in our lives where there's an issue or there's something. Even if it's like, oh, I've got to put the bins out. If I ignore it, it's, not, it's yeah. not. I don't need to do it. So if I ignore it, that's fine. If I say something, I'm in trouble because then I've got to acknowledge that there's a problem. And you don't want to be the guy that brought CM Punk back after seven years, you know, brought so much attention to your company only to then fuck up that return and, mm. and he's gone. And I think that plays a big part into Tony being a fan and being like, no one else brought him back. I did. Yeah. So I've got, I've got to... Back him. Time will stand still. AEW All In. Fans from all over the world are going to be joining us in London. Has become the most anticipated wrestling event of all time in London. Wembley Stadium. On Sunday, August 27th. Listen to that response. Don't miss the biggest names, the biggest matches on the biggest stage of them all. Together, we will make this professional wrestling's biggest spectacular of all time. There's a whole lot of things going on on Collision that nobody really wants to meet head on. Nobody wants to talk about some certain things. So leave it to me to talk about it. And the first thing I want to talk about is Wembley Stadium. Gosh, am I the first wrestler to mention Wembley Stadium? 80,000 people strong. Is CM Punk going to go to merry old England? Is CM Punk wrestling on Wembley Stadium show? The biggest event in company history, Wembley Stadium. 81,000 tickets sold. 71,000 in the building. We're all watching at home. Here we fucking go. Here we go. So CM Punk doesn't have the best start to All In Weekend. So he flies in for Saturday morning. He's then not picked up from Heathrow Airport upon landing in the United Kingdom. According to House of Wrestling, Punk has a number for a driver, but the number's invalid. Can't get through. Excellent. Punk Did he put plus full four at the start? It's actually probably where he went wrong. Probably the issue, yeah. But what we don't... But what... We find out as Punk decides, I'm not getting picked up. I'm fucking Heathrow Airport. I'm going to get the tube. Tube is notoriously difficult if you don't know where you're going. Yeah. And so Punk gets lost. And there's photos of CM Punk. I believe one of them with the bloke who runs Guitar Pro Wrestling. I so, yeah. There was other photos of Punk just looking... He fixed, didn't look miserable. But it looks like he's putting on a smile. It's like, okay, I'm. I'm it's, this is a happy weekend. I'm excited. I've got to wrestle, and these are fans that are... I think they seemed like everyone was being polite because they yeah. helped him, at least. Yeah, because they helped him get, get on his way to his hotel. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're invading his privacy. They're going, oh, you, you need to go this way. Can we get a photo, mm. please, as well? You know. But this essentially comes down to a communication issue. We find out AW Tans could have been picked up from the airport, but only within specific windows. If the land outside of those times... 
Um, the idea was they could order an Uber or get in a taxi at the airport, <laughs> and AW will reimburse them for the travel costs. Talent were told this, but we don't know if CM Punk was. So this may have just been a very shitty communication issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but the talent situation is actually criticised by talents overall because it does add unnecessary stress where they land in a foreign country. Um, not for not all of them, of course, but many of them landed in the UK. They'd be tired after a long flight. Mm-hmm. And they're not picked up. They've got to then sort a taxi to their hotel, which might be fine for, like, if you're on holiday or something, but these are people that are coming for work, basically. Yeah, it should be working. This is one of the things that really separates WWE and AEW, right? And it's the logistical side of things backstage. Could you ever fathom a point where Roman Reigns gets off a flight and no one's there to pick him up for the show? And Roman Reigns has to get the tube? Yeah. Absolutely not. Every minute of that man's logistics are sorted, as is the majority of the roster. Some travel better than others. They've nobody's got like a coach or something, haven't yeah. they? The yeah. I just I find it amazing that AEW running the biggest one of the biggest wrestling shows of all time just sends a probably an email to the wrestlers going, Oh yeah, if you want to get an Uber, just reimburse it. Like You'd sort it all out. Because I could understand why they wouldn't have like a big coach because they'll all be flying from different parts of America. Yeah. But But you'd have a head of logistics keeping y- track of it all. Of everything, yeah. Or you'd have Let's say 200 drivers or something on the go. You'd, you hire, you'd, you'd maybe outsource it to a firm in London, but, mm. you'd, but you'd have something sorted where every talent has the option to get picked up mm-hmm. and is taken to their hotel. And probably chances are a lot of them are coming from the same place because they would have done dynamite on the Wednesday. But they won't fly in everybody. Yeah. So no. Because you think they're off to spit sort of situation. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. It's because of AW's biggest. Their first tour outside the US and Canada, um, they fucked up the travel because they probably didn't realize how confusing London is. Yeah. Think mm. it, because they'll have thought, oh, Heathrow's here, Wembley's only there. That's a, that's an easy navigation. It when, no, like an hour and a half or something. You've got to go into London on the tube to then come back out on the tube. It's, it takes a while to travel. Like, they, they really fucked up, but mm. they've learned. Well, for, oh, there you go. For next time, you'd hope that there would be. But so something. Yeah, but it's not a good start of the weekend for CM Punk. He's already in a bad mood. But he decides to take out those frustrations at all in on Tony Khan. <laughs> this is the first, so Tony Khan at this point sort of, they've had no issues and rather they've gotten quite well. Tony Khan's fist bumping for him. They, they, they're able to sort out their issues. But CM Punk's just had it, essentially. He turns up, he confronts Tony Khan in front of others backstage at Wembley Stadium. He then confronts Carl, they, they, they move on to the locker room where in a heated and intense manner, CM Punk confronts Tony Khan. He told Khan he was quitting and chewed out the AW vice, pre- vice president, the AW president, <laughs> with harsh phrasing. This is according to Wade Keller of PW Torch. Harsh phrasing. Harsh phrasing. See, it's interesting because I, I knew that Punk had chewed out Tony Khan. I didn't realise it happened as he arrived in the building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, so, there were literally three confrontations that we'll geez. get to. And it's... Uh, it, it, it's I get it. I, I get stressed about travel. Yeah. And if you've been abandoned at, at an airport and you have to make your own way there... You're going to be pissed off. And this is another mini example of sort of CM Punk being allowed time to stew on something. Mm. This is the day later. He arrives on Saturday morning, has a horrible travel day. He's probably a bit jet lagged. And then he's got the show on the Sunday. And it's sort of a bit like, this is unacceptable. This leads sort in his way he's got in. 
I think I think when it comes to like people and attitudes and stuff, I think we all should get a free pass at an airport. We should all get a pass because you know one's at their best at an airport. It's it's impossible to be. You're either stressed because you've got to get on a flight, or you're stressed because you've just got off a flight. And custom mm. takes ages. Yeah. yeah, we all get. A, if, we're in a, if you're in a bad mood at an airport, even I've been in a bad mood at an airport. We all get a buy. I yeah. think that's it. And I think and so punk, absolutely in a bad mood at an airport, and then that happens as well. I uh, think that's that's on it. Or there's a lot of other stuff that I would happily say punk. You kind of brought that on yourself there, pal. But that I don't blame punk for in the slightest. That shit should have been. Sorted. Yeah, he's very justified in his anger and maybe not his uh, release of that anger. Um, no, but then that's a product yeah. of the system that has been in place, i.e. the fact that Tony's just let Punk crack on. The yeah. unofficial hierarchy is seeing yeah. Punk can do whatever the hell he wants, including shouting his boss. Mm. Mm. And Fred, I mean, he, he says he's quitting, but of course CM Punk doesn't quit in that moment. No. Um, he's getting ready for his match, and we have Zero Hour for AEW All In, which features Grado! Oh, and some other matches yep. as well. Um, Jack Perry and Hook have their match, to which uh, Jack Perry and Hook, you have a car pull up. Yes. For their match. And at one point, Jack Perry and Hook, is it, is it a DDT? So it's a fit. So they're, they're on, they're setting up for the move essentially. But Jack Perry's, he's got Hook on the bonnet of the car, the hood, as I yep. say in America. Um, and he, he walks off the car, looks at the camera, and says, It's, a, it's real glass, Crimea River. Seven words that pretty much seal CM Punk's fate in AEW. Yeah. Seven words that I don't think Jack Perry thought would have the effect that it ultimately does. This is right here. And then crushing. Real glass. Crushing the abdomen. Go cry me a river. Going to turn things around. Hook. Uh oh. Oh. Fisherman. This is so dangerous. Or or maybe he did. And that was maybe the part of the intention. We don't know. Jack Perry in the heat at the moment. Maybe just going. I once talked about that real glass thing. Let's just bring it up. He must have known that Punk was in Gorilla at that point. Watching the screen. Because like that. If Punk had missed. Let's say Punk had gone for a shit. Right. He would have missed Jack Perry going into the camera. Directly looking into the lens. Going it's real glass. Cry me a river. And then that might. Might have been avoided. Imagine if CM Punk just needed a Tom Tate would have avoided this whole situation. Yeah. <laughs> there would have been another one. Yeah, there would have been another one. But yeah, so he ultimately gets his reaction, but what happens is that this all happens. Perry gets put through the real glass moments later by a fisherman's buster from Hook. Um, and of course, the real glass has the effect we see. They both got bloody backs. Oh yeah. no, the consequences of all my actions. Yeah. If only someone had warned him that using real glass was a bad idea. But J- Jungle Boy does this. He sees this as a receipt because he felt the previously mentioned Fightful Select post that was leaked by Punk was done in an attempt to embarrass Perry and to make it appear he was simply doing the spot so he could get a week off work. Um, the matter, But Punk and Perry sort of... Well, Perry definitely perceives the matter to have been settled after their argument, but the leaking essentially brings it back to the surface in Perry's mind mm-hmm. and has then had three weeks, two weeks to sit there and be like... I'm going to give you a receipt, you little, <laughs> you, you little arsehole. Um, <laughs> after the match, Perry walks through the curtain. He's dropped the FCW title to Hook. CM, CM Punk is getting ready. He's in the opener of AW All In. Gets Samoa Joe. 
they're, they're ready and this is where the situation becomes a little bit of he said she said and we also have a neutral party okay where this all goes so what we get punk side claims and in terms of the real life stuff what we have is I'm when sat there writing away mm. and then it's oh my god there's been a fight and we're like here we go again but not on my own uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah. Fraser and I were doing live reactions not on our own yeah and I remember a few comments in the chat going punk been in a fight backstage and I was like Really? We can swear, so we're like, <laughs> sure he has, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. whatever, Trevor. And, and I'm just like, right, and that he was. So, with this one, what? Are, so, so there's some, there's some first. It's a bit Rashomon. That's not how I remember it. And there's a neutral party that tells us. What yeah. Went down. So what we hear first of all is they're in gorilla. Punk's side quickly claims following the fight is that Perry stepped in Punk's face and bumped the 44-year-old. Now 45. Now 45. <laughs> 44 at the time. Punk then pushes Perry, and after some more shoving, like, you little bastard. Uh, Punk chokes... I believe that's what he said. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Punk chokes Perry. Um, other sides, however, have stated that Punk walked into Perry, punched him, and grabbed him with a front face lock. PW Torch reports... Punk instigated the confrontation. Pie faces Perry. I think that's why you push somebody in the face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, after words were exchanged, put him in the front race and then gets a few digs in. Um, Peter Retort also reports that Tony Khan is close to the gorilla, gorilla position and is hit by tumbling monitors, although he may not have seen what happened because he would just have had his head down yeah. focusing on the show. So Yeah. Okay. House of Wrestling. They say, um, we believe from CM Punk's camp, but they report that Punk was winning at Gorilla before his match. Jack Perry approaches him. Things worsen after Perry told Punk to do something about it, which led to the shoving and the chokehold. Now we have the neutral party's perspective. Okay. So we've got, he said, he said, little flicky, little punch. Yep. Here we go. Neutral party tells Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Reserve News there. Punk and Perry go nose to nose in an aggressive manner. And then they kiss. If only. It would be a very different podcast. <laughs> Unfortunately, they do not kiss. And after this happens after he returns backstage. Punk asked Perry if they had a problem. Perry claimed he was just trying to get hail heat. Of course, we already know that wasn't the case. Yep. Um, with his comments, Punk shoves Jack Perry. Perry gets in Punk's face and is promptly sucker punched by CM Punk. This is the point when Punk then locks in, go, goes for the choke, at which point the altercation is broken up. I believe some of our Joe and others are helping there, breaking all this up. Mm -hmm. Tony Khan at this point, he's been hit by monitors. He's like, Whoa, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> he's hit by the monitors. And he immediately rises up and he tells CM Punk to let Perry go because he's got him in the front face lock or trying to get him in the front face lock. Punk at this point is furious. He starts shouting and swearing at Khan. And he then tries to literally, he goes for the AEW president. He tries to get Tony Khan. This is initially described as a lunge, but is then later described as more than a lunge. Yeah. Um, while he's doing this, he's screaming, I quit, I quit, I quit. This is, so this is a rabid CM Punk, essentially, trying yeah. to go for his boss, screaming, I quit. CM Punk is blocked by a wall of several people from reaching Tony Khan. Samoa Joe is one of the people involved in bringing up the practice and a furious Samoa Joe and she pulls away CM Punk and he manages to talk him out of quitting. 
but this is where we sort of are immediately heading into the pay-per-view, which is minutes away. Literally minutes from going on air. Which you are 10 minutes, possibly, if not less. They end up having a meeting. Not a meeting, they're in the locker room. Samoa Joe's just going, you're going to fucking work this match, where it's the biggest show. I'm not missing out on fucking Wembley. We're not fucking missing out on Wembley. And there's this frantic thing, because we don't know if Punk's injured from the altercation. We don't know whether he's in the right... Oh, I've knocked the mic. Oh. We don't know whether he's in the right frame of mind to go into this. But what this leads to is the opening match is almost delayed. I believe actually in the arena you sort of see, I think Samoa Joe has the fat like, has fire pyro. Mm. They come in, they come out, they come back in again. Right. So he tries to get FTR and the Young Boxer first, after whether they go on first. They're not ready because they're still putting the match together. Because they were meant to be on like third or fourth. I think they're on third. Yeah, it was third. Yeah. Um, Chris Jericho and Will Osprey are asked, but they're like the semi-main. They're definitely not on mm. yeah. yet. Um, so the original idea was the trio of match, Kenny Omega, um, Hangman Page, Ibushi against Takeshita, Jay White and Juice Robinson. Because while well, it's a very good match, they know how to do these matches in their sleep, essentially. Yeah. So they were going to go on first until it is a tomb that Punk and Samoa Joe will open. And fair play to Samoa Joe, because Joe is like, no, like this is my moment as well as yours. And just because, you know, you fell out with this guy, I know you're not going to take it away from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one consistency, because obviously they're all different sides of the story. The one thing that we do know is that whether it was because he was shoved or whether he was pie face or whatever... Punk tries to choke the life out of Jack Perry. Yeah, but we That's the consistency yeah. through it all, isn't yeah. it? He tries to choke out Jack Perry. So, so backstage, as he's come back through, Punk's... So there's been, there's been punches thrown, there's been shoves, there's been words said, and he's got him in a front face lock. Now, mm. sides will disagree on who started it, but this is what happens. Yeah, one way or another, CM Punk, who is MMA trained, mm-hmm. he was back in there with Mike Jackson, no relation to Michael Jackson... And <laughs> goes for Jack Perry. Brutal A relation to Luke Perry. Brutal that, UFC Well, that was one of the... I didn't write this down, but that was one of the things in the House of Wrestling report, wasn't it, where Pongo was described as a trained MMA fighter. Yeah. And everyone's like, Christ almighty, he lost well, both. he's trained in an MMA... He didn't win. He's not a trained MMA winner. I mean, he's, he's a trained he's MMA he's fighter. MMA he is fighter. trained more than Jack Perry. There's no, no change in the fact that yeah. he's definitely a trained MMA fighter as he's had an MMA match. And that was sort of the perception. It was sort of the perception was, has he taken liberties with Jack Perry a little bit? Or is Punk a soft shite? It depends on what side of the argument you were on, basically. Mm. Depending on who was flinging mud at each other on Twitter, basically. But So we've had this. Punk has the match. Very, 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 very good really match. Really good match. Great match. Um, but looking back on it now, you can sort of tell something happened because Joe looks a little bit irritated. Punk looks a little bit irritated. And Punk has had you signs off. He does the, just the point in the air. Mm. And he walks off. Like, he walks off to the back like Roman Reigns. Yeah. Belt thrown over his shoulder, pointing up to the sky. It yeah. is really funny, though, when you watch his entrance because he comes out the tunnel and he's smug as anything. With He's got this big sort of smug look on his face and he's just told his boss he quits after doing more than a lunge at him, and he's just beat up Jack Perry. He's coming out going, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's maybe that thing of like, I know this is probably the last time I'm going to do this here. Maybe, so I'm yeah. just going to, I'm going to smile. I'm going to enjoy yeah. it. You just sort of, you know, you, you put all that to the back of your mind and you just go, ah, I'm just going to enjoy this. This is yeah. the last time I'll do it. And what a stage to do it on. Right. Let's get on with it. I wonder what would have happened if, let's say the trios match did open the show. It would have deflated the crowd a little bit because everyone, by this point, it's already been leaked that 
Joe and Punk, Punk was meant yeah. to open the show. People would know something was up. Yeah. But also, like, would we have got the match? Because that gives Punk even more time to sit in stew. Yeah. Fume backstage. Like, this looks like it allowed them to clear Perry out of the area and be like, right, fucking... And what a disaster it would have been. Yeah. What, like, what, like, not the biggest match, but one of your headline matches, maybe like fourth or fifth in terms of what we had on the card, just doesn't happen. You don't get CM Punk or Samoa Joe, especially in the UK where we don't get these talents very often at all. Yeah. And they're just not on the card. It'd be like, what the what's fuck's going on? going on there? This is a mess. I think Punk was a, was a driving force. Once Punk was announced for Wembley, they did sell more tickets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, so, and that, so the match has happened. The altercations happened. Punk, Punk fingers to the sky, walks through the curtain, and it, there's Tony Khan once again. And immediately, well, we don't know because we haven't seen the footage, but immediately we can imagine the proverbial mask comes back The mask on. drops. There's another confrontation with Tony Khan. CM Punk's not done with altercations for the evening. So several sources told Dave Meltzer that this third confrontation by this point, we've had the one before the match. No, we've had the one before the show where he's arrived show. at the building. And we've then had the fight where he then does more than a lunge at his boss. Yep. We've then got this third one, which takes place behind closed doors. We don't know what happens. All we know is Tony Khan leaves feeling looking a little bit sheepish and very upset. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I thought this was where we had the I quit and the lunge, but the lunge happened before. Yes. Yeah. Right. This, okay. is, this is another discussion of There's, we'll never find out, basically. The lunge had witnesses. This is more private. This is, yeah, so we don't know what happens here. I think Tony, I, I get like why Tony would be upset, regardless of what was said. You know, there's, there's probably an element of Tony knowing I could have fixed this so long ago and I didn't, and this is just all this this molehill became a mountain. But there's also something probably else on Tony Khan's mind, as we'll get to, that he's probably thinking at this point as well. Mm, I was okay. going to say it's, it's like the never meet your heroes. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? It's a bit it like it, to uh, an extreme. His one of his favorite wrestlers is just one tried to attack him, and then secondly made you to the point where you're ve- very upset leaving his locker room and probably the it's the hap- probably should have been the happiest night of Tony Khan's professional life. It's effectively the end of this relationship. Yeah, mm. but they were good friends. Yeah, from what we understand, e- even through all the shit, they remained friends until this, this night. Yeah, it's not crazy. anymore. So from here, um, the, what we, what we find out is Punk is told to leave Wembley Stadium. Punk does this um, after a spell in the trainer's room gets cleaned up because he he's, he stabs himself in the head during the match. Mm-hmm. So he blades, um, gets cleaned up. He has a, he has a joke confrontation with Miro uh, where Punk just goes, "Oh, you're not here to fight me too, are you?" <laughs> and Miro goes, "We shall take this to the ring." <laughs> um, Miro actually convinces CJ Perry Lana that this altercation is real. Yeah, yeah. And um, does it not get back to certain reporters and go, "Oh God, he sized up it, Miro." It that. does. And we yeah. go, "Whoa, whoa, no, it was a joke. It was a joke." And then it was just like it was just a funny interaction. Like yeah. they've got no issues. Um, but this is where we have the sort of terrible image of CM Punk buys Nando's there's a Nando's across the street from Wembley we were at the start on the end of month review in August yep, at the yes, time we did check out the end of month review um, he buys Nando's which is across the road from Wembley one of the final images of CM Punk at All In is him across the road outside of Wembley Stadium as fireworks go off for the main event he's eating chicken isn't that so like encapsulating of Punk's time in AW from his perspective Everyone is enjoying this thing all together 
and I'm on the outside just watching. Because they didn't enjoy it they, properly. Yeah. They didn't appreciate my chicken. <laughs> They've got to have... You know what you need? It needs some big seasoning. They need some big seasoning. Yeah. Nice. Control your seasoning. Um, Jack Perry is also told to leave Wembley. Yes, he leaves too. So Jack goes as well. So they both are told, look, just and they're both the and they're both like they? irritated. They're both upset well, because let's because because okay, we've 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 railroaded punk quite a lot in this bit, right? Jack Can Perry's we briefly not focus on yeah. what a cunt Jack Perry was here, like a an, needless comment that didn't need to be said, mm-hmm. just to just just for the because you've poke, got a guy there poke the bear poke the bear, and this is a this was a recurring thing with a lot of people in AEW. They, Punk, you know, for all the talk he says about your favourites are soft, Punk is so fucking easy to get. Well, that was the whole thing. So the top talents that we mentioned won't say anything because Punk will react. Yeah. And so Punk has to be, Punk has to be top dog. He's got to be the last one. He's got to have the last word and the last laugh. Mm. Punk is incapable of not avoiding this. So as soon as Jack Perry pokes the bear, I don't think he thinks it's going to lead to the such extremes that it does. But he certainly will know that it's going to get a reaction. He's going to get a rise. Yeah. It, it felt like it was it was a, a wink to the audience to be like, "Oh, I'm look at what I'm doing. I'm having a little bit of fun." And yeah, it wasn't for heel heat. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, his excuse going, "I was trying to get heat out there, brother." What by talking softly to the camera right next to you in a stadium of eighty plus thousand yeah. people? So what was yeah, fine? that was that worked a treat. For of you. course, Perry hasn't been back. He, he he is suspended. We'll discuss punk a little bit, but Jack Perry was suspended for the events of the altercation. Um, he's suspended without pay. That suspension has just ended. Mm. Um, but the idea is at the minute he's being kept off. He might be back by the time this goes out, yeah. mm. but as of the time of recording, he's being kept off TV to put distance between Brawl In and all the shit between that and Brawl In and his return. Was there not reports uh, that, like, that came out round about this time that Punk had said, is it better for me to leave? the venue I feel like there was I remember so, hearing that th- th- too. but that it was know. like yeah we're not quite sure if that was how it went down so like I've just put it down as told to leave because essentially what we do know is Punk is either asked is it better for me to leave or he's basically told by others that you must leave Yeah, it's somewhere in between and we don't know but either way he does leave and he is told to leave because even even in the sort of act of asking to leave, he's then told, yeah, it's probably best for you to go. Mm-hmm. Just get out there, go sit and watch the fireworks whilst you eat Perry Perry chicken. Yeah. I wonder what, what, what point of that, all three interactions, did Punk then go, oh, I've probably gone too far here. Like when if he's gone, he, if like he when even he did. No, but he, if, he, if that report of him going, it's probably best I leave, he's clearly right. gone, oh, I've fucked up. You know, oh, like, so do you think, yeah. was, it, was it the putting Perry in a headlock? Was it lunging for Tony Khan or was it screaming I quit multiple times which of these moments did I go or was it the third altercation that's also then happened that that is maybe maybe making Tony Tony very upset like even if you can be as much of a cunt or a dick as as he wants Punk is it was friends with him like Mm. we've all had falling out with friends before where you know you, you still go oh shit I shouldn't have said that and I think if he's if it's true that he's gone, uh, should I leave? Should I? Is that better for me? Should I just go? I think he's probably realised at that point. Ah, fuck this. Yeah, very very likely. So, um, all in continues without issue, but there's a random unintended consequence to what happens behind the scenes. Yeah. So we don't quite we don't quite know, but th- there's. I, the unintended, so Brody King, good friend of CM Punk, mm-hmm. they're both straight edge. 
Um, the unintended consequence is Brody King sustains an injury. Um, the injury is either from him punching a wall in frustration after finding out about the altercation, but other reports have stated that he kicked a bin in frustration. So either way, he's been frustrated and kicked or punched something. But regardless of this, he sustains a broken hand at All In, which he still has as, as of the time of recording. Yep. Um, and this either happens during the AW World title, like AW World Trio's title match, um, or from punching a wall. Regardless, he's broke his hand and he's punched or kicked something in frustration at just all of these issues and everything coming to a head. And Punk effectively taking the bait from the Perry fight. And it's all just gone wrong. Probably he knows maybe that's this might be the last knows time he hangs out with his it. mate Phil. And in AEW at least, yeah. yeah. So from here, the show carries on. A very well-received show all around. Excellent show. Excellent main event that tells a really, really wonderful story. And then we come to the media scrum and almost immediately. Because, you know, wrestling news and news in general travels so fast. By the time we are... You know, 35 minutes into the show, we, we know, know what's happened. Yeah. We know what's happened. So one of the first questions that Tony gets is about a confrontation backstage. So he doesn't even get the question. Yeah. He literally, before we get to chat, I can go on, all right, orange lad, big congratulations <laughs> on your thing. Before we get any, we're just going to get the dig on that. Hard, yeah, yeah, yeah. For hard for victory. victory. We, we're saying this in October. Atkins has not been able to hear these yet. So yeah. <laughs> we'll oh. get a month down the line and I'm going, what the fuck are you saying? Yeah. So um, before we get any of any of this, Tony Khan comes in, sits down, and he just says they're, they're investigating a backstage altercation that has taken place. Um, and that is what we get, we're told they're investigating. But they, they acknowledge it does happen. It did happen. They're investigating. And effectively says, I can't say anything more on the matter, which effectively steers the media scrum into other things like Jack Atkins congratulating Orange yeah. Cassidy yeah. and his other good questions that he asked. What I find very funny is the way that the Wembley was set up, right, was you had the entrance for yes. it, and then you had the press right above the entranceway, so literally right above Gorilla. So this fight is going on in Gorilla, and someone is texting Sean, who's like... Above him. Literally above the roof, like just right, right above them going, Sean, guess what? And then the news gets out, because it was Fightful that broke the report first. Mm. Yes. So clearly, you know, they're they're literally in the be- the venue down above what's happening, which uh, they probably heard it, to be fair. Him going, I quit, I quit, I quit. Fuck you, Tony. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's weird how, how quick news <laughs> spread in that building. That yeah. there is. Because even the, even the whole crowd knows, because the Wi Fi at Wembley, like, so at St. James's Park and a lot of football stadiums in the country, you can't really get phone signal mm-hmm. because shit. Wembley's different. Everyone's on their phone and can get it and knows. See, I heard a few people saying that they had a nightmare with the Wi-Fi at Wembley. Oh. Maybe it was just maybe maybe it depend where you were sat. Maybe, maybe some yeah, areas yeah. were a bit more of a uh, a black spot than others. It could even be your network. Because I had okay. I had mates right at the top that were messaging while we were on stream, being like, "What's this news about a fight? Mm. Like, what's happening? We we can wow. hardly see the ring, but we know that there's a what is what's happening with CM Punk? What what? And it was like, shit. Okay, so." The word is spreading around this building. Mm. People are starting to click that there's something's gone on, and I thought I was worried that there would there would be some disruption because the UK fan base was very pro CM Punk in that that venue for the majority mm. yeah. of that match until probably news started spreading. <laughs> but thankfully, the matches were very good, and yes. we and and you know what, as much as they are pro CM Punk, the show ended on a good high. to see Sting. 
Sting. And mm. also, the Adam Cole MJF match was a wonderful story that good. everybody was into. And, and Sting then comes out to seek and destroy. We get We Will Rock You. Yeah. We get um, God Save the Queen for Tony Storm and not for our dearly departed Elizabeth. <laughs> but most importantly, we got Ricky Knight in an AEW We ring. did. Oh. As we Former AEW star, <laughs> yes. Ricky Knight. My favorite Ricky Knight moment from All In was when... I think was it Tony or someone popped Soraya. Tony, Tony knocks Not out Sweet Soraya. Not Sweet Soraya, and Ricky's next to her, laughing his head off. Oh, you are, darling. But then, to- that was brilliant. But then Sweet Soraya, a lovely night. What his wife gets smacked in the face. But Sweet Soraya, I guess it was all screaming at me. He's like, yeah. like, calm down, love. Calm down, love. <laughs> oh, I was funny. That was he tried you. <laughs> And, and that, and literally, Sweet Soraya has been the catalyst for Tony Storm's dissension into becoming a 1950s Hollywood movie star. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. As it should be. As it should be. Press conferences happen, an investigation is underway. underway. Now, bear in mind, there was an investigation underway into all the brawl out from all out, and it took a light year to get any sort of response and answer from it. This one takes less time. This one is very different. This it's very one, cut and dry, this one. This one also isn't carried out by a third party. This one is done within All Elite Wrestling, by All Elite Wrestling, and for All Elite Wrestling. So, oh, it's gone off again. The screen has gone off. Fraser's going to turn the screen back on if you're watching on the Patreon. So that's how it goes. And over the next several days, we've all had a good sleep after All In. We know it's going to take along from here. Over the next several days, All Elite Wrestling investigate what exactly happened. The difference is between Brawl Out and Brawl In. The major difference in terms of the results of this. Wembley Stadium is rigged up with so many cameras behind the scenes, possibly for this and other things, legal reasons more likely. But we have there is footage of Brawl In within All Elite Wrestling that they have, that they review. Interviews are also conducted with backstage personnel who saw what happened and talents. But not only are they asked about brawling itself, they are asked about how things have changed or have not changed behind the scenes within all the wrestling over the past year since Brawl Out. The investigation appears to wrap up literally only a few days later by the middle of the week. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery are informed on Thursday, August 31st. They're told of a decision that will change the future of AEW. The brand split is coming to an end, and that is because of one huge announcement that we received two days later. Now, before we get into that announcement, I, for one, am shocked that somebody like TMZ is yet to purchase the the, uh, yet the, to ca- get the it, camera yeah. footage from that moment. Yeah. I would somebody it will who works out. at Wembley has seen that. WWE, bet they've got it. Bet they've got it. He's <laughs> waiting. It's what it'll be. If Punk ever returns, that's what it'll be. It'll be his um, Titan Tron. Or, oh. or Tony just releases If Tony's got the footage. Tony might have bought it, yeah. And just he holds it, and it's like that one, this is not getting out. Like Sp- Special features of it, the all-in DVD. <laughs> yeah, it's just Tony can dancing for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> He's taped over it. <laughs> Today I terminated Phil Brooks, CM Punk, for cause. This stems from a backstage incident at AEW All In last Sunday. The incident was regrettable and it endangered people backstage. That includes the production staff, the people who helped put the show on every week, innocent people who had nothing to do with it. I've been going to wrestling shows for over 30 years. I've been producing them on this network for nearly four years. Never in all that time have I ever felt until last Sunday that my Security, my safety, my life 
was in danger at a wrestling show. I don't think anybody should feel that way at work. I don't think the people I work with should feel that way. And I had to make a very difficult choice today. It came at the recommendation of a discipline committee here in AEW, as well as outside legal counsel, who delivered a unanimous recommendation. And I have followed up on that recommendation. I'm sorry to any fans who are upset by this. I'm sorry to anyone who's upset by this. Despite that, we're going to have a great show tonight on Collision, and we're going to have a great AEW All Out pay-per-view tomorrow here in Chicago. Last weekend was the greatest weekend in AEW history. This is the greatest week in AEW history. We're going to continue the great momentum here tonight on Collision and tomorrow night on All Out. Right, 9.33 p.m., British summertime. So... Little it's mini like Saturday, Saturday like September the second. G like free. <laughs> Day three of CM Punk Tony Khan is on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Khan is in the diary room. <laughs> but this is a little mini thing. So September second, Saturday is the same day as payback. So a, a little behind the scenes thing here. What because these pay per views are on so late at night for the people in the UK. Start at one a.m. It's AEW finishes at twelve p.m. the next day. Yep. But if it's WWE finishes about four five by the time I get home yeah. again and go back to bed, I tend to have a pre pay per view nap. Oh, and so what we find out nine thirty three p.m. British summertime on this day. All Elite Wrestling. I am asleep at this point, Ben uh, Justin Henry covers the big news that's coming. All Elite Wrestling announced they had fired and they named him by his real name, Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk, with cause following an internal investigation into the all-in altercation. The AEW set up a disciplinary committee. Um, that committee meets outside legal counsel. And they both recommend to Tony Khan that he fire CM Punk with cause. The with cause is a big thing. Without cause, effectively, they need to be, like buy out Punk's contract. We don't know how long's on it. I think it's three years. We said at the time. Mm-hmm. So CM Punk would essentially AW and saves millions of dollars from this, and CM Punk loses millions of dollars from this decision. The thing that always though confused me a little bit about that, before we continue, is that. They've, they've released talent. Rest, they're independent contractors. People get released all the time. And that doesn't cost a buyout. You know, that doesn't cost companies money from buying out, which makes me think that it's because of an employee contract. Yes. So so what we find out, is, as mentioned last week or the week before, whatever you mentioned, if Punk has a talent contract and an employee contract for an unspecified backstage position. Mm-hmm. But what we also think is, as well is that maybe the contracts in AEW are a little bit different in the sense that the I think the art class is independent contractors, but in some cases they aren't, as Freddie yeah. mentioned. Don't know why I've repeated that, but there we are. No, there you go. Um, but Punk's chances of remaining with AEW didn't look good a few day. days before this. Bit like a uh, sacrifice for Samoa Joe. <laughs> 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 but it, it didn't look Samoa Joe didn't even sacrifice that nice. When, 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 when you add everybody. Jack Perry to the mix. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, but things didn't look good because Tony Khan and CM Punk, as we've established, good friends communicate regularly even after Brawl Out. They talk all the way through. After Brawl In and after their confrontation, the third confrontation, there's no communication. Not nada, he's cut off. Well, that's it. Not friends. And CM Punk is not even informed by Khan that he's been suspended. Punk is only told about his suspension via his lawyer. Right. 
So you, and then presumably he was told about his termination via his via lawyer. His lawyer. And so this is where so collision. This this announcement was made ahead of an episode of Collision, which I can't remember where it was. Chicago. It was in Chicago. Yes. Um, ahead <laughs> of of all, of the, all places. the places. One day before All Out. This is coming, and first he addresses it in front of the live crowd, where he's massively booed, hugely booed. And this is the first time this incident that I have ever feared for my safety in a wrestling show, that I have ever feared for my life in a wrestling show, or that I have ever feared for the safety of the people who work backstage, the production staff. I'm sorry, but they don't come here, they don't work here to be put in danger. The people who work on the production week to week should not I'm gonna say because I've ragged on him for all this. I think this is this is the best Very move, brave. best move that Tony Khan could have done. I mean, yeah, I don't want to give him too many plaudits because the reason he had to do this is because yeah. you know he let this fester for so long. Yeah. But whoever is the opening match of AW Collision would have got the full brunt of this. So I'm glad that that Tony Khan went out there and took the arrows, as it were, from Chicago and explained to them what occurred. The 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 phrasing that he uses. As which we'll which we're going to get to here. Um, leave at one point, it nearly turns the crowd on him even more. Mm-hmm. Not to say that there's any there's there's no validity to it, but it certainly does. But by the end of it, he 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 said thank you and they applauded him as he left. So I, I fair fox to Tony going out there and, and it must have been one of as someone who's like as you say and and I've learned about this in doing this podcast how close they were as friends in all this time to know that your friendship is pretty much done with this guy and he's brought this massive show of yours into disrepute now you've got to go out there and be the bad guy and take the slings and arrows um all the more credit for going out there and doing it i'd say because it absolutely was the right thing to do and also fair play for 
doing the hardest thing you probably would have had to do in your time in AEW and kind of winning them over at the end. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. in Chicago. Because especially it's, it's weird in the sense of as well as Tony Khan's from Chicago. He's very heavily associated with Jacksonville for the NFL team. But mm. I, believe Chicago, I believe Tony Khan's born in Chicago, but he definitely grows up there. So it'd be a bit like, in my case, walking out in front of St. James's Park and getting <laughs> booed by a shitload of Geordies. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's from the Chicago area. He's from Chicago. From Illinois. So, so You'd tell your Michael Jackson joke. I you'd, would. You'd win him over. Straight over. Oh, we love you, Aiden. <laughs> he has his hometown crowd as well, really. Yeah, like that turned against him. But Tony Khan, I mean, this this is a video announcement. I mean, I remember sitting in here watching it with... Um, because the collision thing they did, it was before collision went on air. Yes, yeah, so, so we, we don't we, see We get it. two announcements, basically. Yeah. But, but we see, like, fan cam footage of the yes. in arena announcement. But when collision opens... We open with... It's open with the, the a video. It's a piece of camera that Tony to, does directly, directly to the audience. Uh, in the live version of it, he pulls up a seat sits at the top of the stage uh, and basically says the exact same thing as I'm about to read. But yeah, he, he directs it to the audience. There was no sort of like smoke and mirrors off. Yeah. It was just Tony, microphone, talking to you at home. Um, and and he th- says, th- this is what we get the people at home as well, yeah. He says, today I terminated Phil Brooks, CM Punk for cause. This stems from a backstage incident at AEW All In last Sunday. The incident was regrettable and it endangered people backstage. This includes the production staff, the people who help put the show on every week, innocent people who had nothing to do with it. I've been going to wrestling shows for over 30 years. I've been producing them on this network for nearly four years. Never in that time have I ever felt until last Sunday that my safety, my security, my life was in danger at a wrestling show. I don't think anybody should feel that way at work. I don't think that people I work with should feel that way, and I had to make a very difficult decision today in preferring to firing CM Punk. Now the reaction within AEW because we've talked for a long time about how there are some in the locker room that see the good in CM Punk and there's and there's many that don't and I feel like that number at least in terms of what you read has has grown more than the other yeah so what's the general temperature backstage knowing that CM Punk this seemingly untouchable sheriff of AEW has been stripped of his badge. Yeah, so CM Punk has all this power. He's now gone. It's over. Don't let the dream die. And the immediate reaction within AEW is mixed. Some are really, as expected, are really down about Punk being let go. Others, however, feel it is the right move and they're happy about it. Somewhere in the middle of all this, there's others who are simply happy that Tony Khan made a decision and they can now all move on and have the focus be on AW in their shows instead of all this backstage drama and CM Punk. We do get a few mentions, like sort of hints at CM Punk on the Collision episode. FTR, I think, I think Dax Hardwick's a singles match, but FTR um, come, come out, out and Cash Wheeler does yeah. the X. Um, but there was no hit on the tag team before that. It was just sort of seen as, we understand where you're coming from. This is your position. But effectively, it's... Like we guess the elite side, they're happy he's gone. Hey, big party. Punk side, they're like, oh, God, it's come to an end. I can't believe it's come to this. Everyone in the middle's going, thank fuck we can now focus on all yeah. elite wrestling. Yeah. Let's there, we can move onwards and upwards. This is kind of like the end of the story here, for now at least. Um, 
but kind of in the in the wake of that, like CM Punk news didn't quite go away because it's almost immediately after he's gone, there is rumblings of turning up elsewhere. Yeah. And, uh, maybe uh, heading to WWE. Um, what else kind of comes out in the wake of CM Punk's firing? So this is sort of the mini aftermath. Um, speculation immediately turns to what is Punk's future in wrestling. But... There, like the speculation about why he, why Punk did what he did. Of course, I think we've pretty much established why, or, or we've guessed. We've given our, we, we've given our best guess in yeah. our analytical brains about why he did what he did. But one perception among some sources within AEW who told Dave Meltzer that some believe within AEW that Punk was looking to find a way out as soon as the Elite re-signed with the promotion in August 2023. It was effectively... So at this point, what we have throughout the year, sort of like a background to all this, is the Elite, uh, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, and the Young Bucks, their contracts expire at the end of 2023. Um, the backdrop to all the Punk drama is that they're still in talks, but they ultimately agree that they, they do go back and forth between WWE and AEW. There's votes at some points between going to WWE. There's votes at other points to stay in AEW until they all eventually agree to remain in AEW. They're, I think that's five years their deals are. Mm -hmm. um, so they're, they're locked in. They're going nowhere. So the perception is among some is that CM Punk's gone, I need to get out of here now that they're locked in. Personally... I don't quite think that is the case because, yeah. of course, as we established and as we'll go on to in a minute, CM Punk is interested in speaking to these guys and sorting everything out and eventually working a program. He sees money in this. What we do get following this, um, this is a report from House of Wrestling. There was a meeting between... This is the House of Wrestling report. They say um, there was a meeting between CM Punk and the Elite booked for the pre-all-in episode of Dynamite that took place in Atlanta. Um, I've chatted rubbish earlier. Turns out Elite and Diet Collision were taped in the same building. That was about the bit yeah. earlier, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> they were taped in the same building. Um, Punk's side has maintained that a meeting was scheduled to take place, but this was then cancelled at the last minute by the Elite. However, the other side of this, from Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks and Hangman Page, they have maintained is that they were approached about a meeting by Tony Khan about whether they would speak to CM Punk and they just missed it out of hand. They rejected the idea and the meeting was never scheduled. But either way, the situation we're left with, regardless, is CM Punk still wants this meeting, sees an opportunity to have this meeting, and the elite, whether it's scheduled or not, essentially the issue is how far does the elite go with this. But regardless, they turn it down, either at the last minute or immediately out of hand. But regardless, CM Punk wants the meeting, the elite do not. Would this have solved all the issues? If that meeting took place the week before All In, it might have just delayed them. Yeah. Because that at the end... still there. At the end of the day, the the thing... That, I'm probably more on your side now after my big thing earlier, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the, the thing that sort of broke what happened to him was Jack Perry and Tony Khan. And as much, I think... There's two, There's as you said, I think you said there was the three sort of concurrent yep. issues, but the thing that actually caused his firing was Jack Perry and him stepping up and, and attacking the boss. Yeah. Like, I, I, even if he, I it was clear, you still wanted to work with the elite and even if they dismissed them um, just a week before, it feel, feels weird for him to be a week later going, I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I can to get out of here. When he could just go to Tony, hey, you wanted to buy out my contract. Buy me out. Buy me out. 
you know, or I, I continue just I just or be like or I you would quit. Just, you would just go home. You've done it. You've done it before. Yeah. Well, just, just go out home. Of the contract. Yeah. So like, I think it was a case of the Jack Perry thing, him being pissed off. Especially when down. it was with cause. It co- it's cost him millions. This. Mm. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. So this, this is what we get to as well is. Immediately after this report from Sports Illustrated, uh, which confirms just more of the details that we've as we've covered, but it says that CM Punk is expected to respond in an explosive manner. That explosiveness has yet to arrive, and it's yet to arrive for one simple reason. CM Punk has decided not to take legal action against AEW. He's decided not to challenge the ruling that he is fired with cause. And in fact, CM Punk is said to be, it's probably not a sign of CM Punk doing, don't do what I do, blah, blah, blah. He is said to be breathing a sigh of relief now that he is away from the day-to-day drama that seemed to follow him at AEW. I mean, we, he's gone to other places and been lovely, as we've talked about. And yeah. I don't know how much of that is him making a point or because it, it just feels like AEW was bad for him. And it feels like CM Punk was bad for AEW. It, it, it seems it's like... It's a bad mix. There was just There was so much potential for good things... But in terms of, this has all been essentially precipitated by Tony Khan's management style, mm-hmm. which looks to be very laissez-faire of, it, it even somewhat in, in deference to punk for a lot of the time, and that r- right at the start, everything sort of goes along quite nicely. That There's all little niggles that we hear about, but Tony Khan effectively, as, as we said, he's the one that's brought CM Punk back to wrestling. He just lets him get on with it, and it all nothing ever gets fixed and it, it gets to the point where it does become unhealthy and it's a really 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 bad fit but all the promise in the world and nothing but I think CM Punk would be a good fit in other places yeah but part of that so that you mentioned the laissez-faire sort of attitude is probably part of the, the appeal that originally drew Punk to them and the and the fact that along with the fact that strangely the thing that you know caused punk to leave or this to happen was punk went there because they were so tight-lipped and they were such a commune and they were such a community that that pulled together oh like oh, the the young bucks have got a hand in in the tag division and helping the other teams piece together and develop kenny omega's that you're running the women's division to make sure the women like are, are tv ready and, and he's like this is like this is how this works and then they've all got their hands all over the the product that probably appealed to CM Punk as someone who in WWE was not valued to his fullest, right? Is what we said in episode one. Yeah. The, the, he was valued, but maybe not as much as he felt. Great, I can go in there. I can do what my friends, the Young Bucks, do and, and, and have little bits with them. But it just didn't... He, he thought, oh, I'm the veteran. I, should, he, I should be an EVP on their level. And part of it as well as with Brawl out and all the issues, as far as Punk's concerned, he's the victim here. Yeah. And that becomes aggression. At and least he regrets that. He does regret it, like in terms of the way it was affected, but essentially Brawl out leads to Brawl in. Like they're, they're completely interconnected in that the issues are never resolved mm-hmm. and it just sits there and leads to him eventually being fired. I mean, since he's gone... The product, I mean, in terms of drama for all the wrestling, has drastically decreased. We've barely heard any drama, really. Yeah, there's not been much um, backstage leaks, really, yeah. apart from rumors of Adam Copeland heading. Mm-hmm. And that's been the sort of extent of it. So it, perhaps there was someone backstage leaking things that did have a vendetta that was like, 
I mean, it's always got, we sort of like, you've always got a question if any sources, why are they telling you yeah. this? For a company that's been so tight-lipped about everything up until, what, March 2022, someone has gone, I'm going to start leaking things. Yeah. And it's caused it to snowball. If no one leaked anything, Hangman never makes that comment, you know? Oh, you might make the comment wall, but like, what the fuck was but, that? But, yeah. It's just weird how it's it's... Someone the, the big the big thing of it all is communication. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's communication. It's the most basic thing. Hangman Page would have made that comment, but it's Page going to Punk and saying, "I want to do this." It's Punk going to Page after and going, "That was a bit of a dick thing to do. Sorry about that. Let's move on." Mm-hmm. It's the Bucks instead of taking little digs at Punk, saying, "Let's all get together." How and why it didn't happen, we'll never know. It's Tony Khan taking his. Taking a mate, but also a, a an employee to one side, and going, look, we've got to work on this. Mm-hmm. It's punk being able to have those conversations with people that don't involve aggression, and and dealing with it in that way. It's all communication, and it's then this whole thing could have been avoided had there been better communication in place you from need all sides. A better leadership at the top as well. Stronger leadership, better communication, boundaries. 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 Tony Khan going, when we're at work, speak to me like a boss. I'm your boss. I'm in charge. I'm not. I'm not your mate. Not your mate. You know, we can be friends. They can be friends. They can have friendly conversations. But like, Tony but should have my had the word last. is final. Yeah. I'll go for a beer with Adam at work, and we'll mm-hmm. have a laugh and talk a load of nonsense. But when I'm here, I am an employee, and Adam is my the, manager. The boss, my yeah. but, manager. But that's so part like, of it as well. Is in, in reality. I've never walked in and Adam's never gone, Aiden, Aiden. No, exactly. You know, it's weird. I mean, we do. Yeah, we do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We do leader chants. Yeah, that is true. There is leader chants. But none of that was there. Um, And I think that's a big part of it. A massive part of it. Yeah. And it's in in some ways, the way that AW is run is very beneficial to a lot of the talents there. Yes. Like, and it, it just is a case of they have a very, they do have a much younger talent pool like apart from like NXT we're seeing WWE invest a lot more in younger talent just now but like AEW they're they're new to the industry rather than or like American industry of of wrestling and TV and being the second biggest company in America a lot of it is, is like well, we're we're winging this it's all come very fast we're yeah we're doing this we're making it up as we go along and this is again the community aspect of it and being like cool this, this is how we are making our company to be run. The wrestlers are the the managers. The it's kind of like PWG on steroids. <laughs> like the re- this is done by wrestlers for wrestlers, and we've got a, the the biggest wrestling fan that has money. Yeah, that, that feasibly could go. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to make a wrestling company, and I'm going to do it my way. Mm. And his way is, I want to be friends with everyone that I really really admire. Yeah. So this comes. Uh, this draws to an end. Uh, our odyssey of CM Punk in AEW. Now, November's a long month, mm-hmm. and this was all recorded before November, a little behind the curtain. We will be back at the end of this month, which is not which is like days away now. Yeah. 
to We're do... back for a little epilogue. <laughs> We're going to do an epilogue because I think there'll be a few things that I have a feeling in my waters that there's going to be a few new elements to this story that we all want to talk about. Yeah. We'll have had Survivor Series. We'll have had Survivor Series. We'll have had, you know, already we've had um, CM Punk popping up at Impact and, you know, and, and, and not not on TV, but certainly behind the scenes there. And just all the rumours around the WD return. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's all of that. And you know what? We'll, we're going to put all that in a big old ball and who knows? We may have even seen CM Punk back on a TV screen by the time we get to the end of the month. So do join us for an epilogue at the end of November, or as we have called it here at Cultaholic Wrestling, Punk Vember. Uh, my thanks to Fraser Porter Thank you. for joining us today. And once again, as always, uh, all of this uh, is the the dissertation, the the magnum opus of the mag the magnanimous opal fruit that you, is. You'd get a first, Aiden for Givens. sure. Thank you. It is a first. It's it's been a very good. Mm. Few days. Are we? Are you happy for us to share your entire dissertation as a PDF for yeah, Patreon? I haven't, haven't written anything inappropriate. Do you want to put some fine. references and some a bibliography at the end? I'm not doing that. <laughs> no chance, Sundance. <laughs> you don't know. But there's four words. So <laughs> if you're a Patreon, if you if you are, you're watching this, and as a thank you, uh, you can download the entire PDF of Punk Vember, written by Coldaholic.com's tribal editor in chief, Aidan Gibbons. Maybe mm. even you know, buy a nice binder and put it in. Put it in. I'll sign it if you really want that much. Ah, oh, you can do. You can do that. My signature's terrible, but you can have it. You can <laughs> have it, yeah, yeah. There's money. Mo- money. Like <laughs> uh, this is where we walk through the curtain, curtain, point our fingers to the sky, and get into a fight with Jack Perry. So thank you for joining us for Punk Vember at the Fraser Porter on you. Twitter, at the Aiden Gibbons on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Love you. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>